It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Welcome back to Generation Skywalker, and you're listening to this month's Modern Way. And uh, joining me, well, I'm not going to say as usual, actually, because we have one that only pops up from time to time on the modern show, and that is Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. How's it going, buddy? It, it's lovely to have you back on, Jez. Um, I think your only other uh, visit to the Modern Way was telling us that the power of the Force to Han Bespin is trying to clean dog poo off his shoe. That one, someone looked like Ted Danson with something, which I won't repeat. Mm, yeah. yeah, was a an interesting evening. I, I think I was quite, I, I think I was quite um, pleasantly upbeat about <laughs> some of the other ones. I think, well, what was it? There was another the vinyls. That's right. I thought that I was quite complimentary about some of the vinyls. I thought, and um, yeah, <laughs> I was nearly turned. But there were a few issues with the hands. You're right. Yeah. Um, also joining us tonight, we have got Grant. Good evening, Grant. Good evening, lads. Now, Grant, do you think Han Bespin in the Power of the Force 2 range looks like he's wiping the dog mark off his shoe? I don't know, mate. I've only really seen him on the card, so couldn't say. Of course, you're a mint on card only. And making up the team for tonight is Dan Burgess. Good evening, Dan. Hello, hello. How are you? Very good, very good. Good. I hope we're not going to have that all night, the double. I'm going to say everything twice. <laughs> you didn't say that twice, did you? Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> So we are around Easter time, sun's been out, nice couple of days. Hopefully we're all ready for a nice recording. So uh, let, let's have a look at some purchases. Anyone been buying anything? Dan, you're bound to have been buying some modern purchases because you have done some unboxing videos. Yeah, I've had, well, if, you'd, if we'd have done this show a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't have had very much, but everything seems to have shown up at once. So I've got 
couple of vintage collection figures. I've got my I've got a couple of Cara Dunes and an Incinerator Trooper from the Mandalorian range. And I've got what else today? I've got the Leia Hoff toy, and I've had a Boba Fett Hoff toy, which I did the hot toy, which I did uh, an unboxing video of. And I've also got some micro machines randomly. Well, we'll we'll hear more about that later. But uh, you yeah. have got a blog post over on GenerationSkywalker.com to do with micro machines. They're so worth checking that out. But the hot toys, Dan. That's that's three now. For someone who wasn't going to buy any, Vader, Fett, and Leia Hoff, all Empire. We know that's your thing. What's your favourite one? <sighs> it's always easiest to say you're the last one you've got. It's your favourite, isn't it? I do really like the Leia, but I think it's the Boba, the Boba Fett. It's it's so. I, I mean, I did the video, but when you're looking at it afterwards, the the stitching and things, it just looks fantastic. It looks really. Like it's stepped out of the movie. It's so real to the movies. I was showing my boy it the other day. He wanted to play with it and started turning the arms and legs. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, they, they are they are great. They're really good. Did you lock him in that cupboard? Do you lock him in when he's been naughty? What, Boba Fett? No, your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some nice pickups. Grant, I know you've picked up something, so you've definitely got something. Yeah, I finally finished the um, Power of the Force 2 Italian Gig Rage. Picked up the last two there, and I managed to get a, a bought a collection of um, freeze frame figures. And it was all of the Power of the Force 2 freeze frame figures that were only available on the freeze frame card. So there was no reissues. It's all all figures that were new uh, to that card. So I think that's the next one now is to get all the freeze frame figures. So still got quite a few of them to get. That's lovely, mate. So you've got that's a great start to have a must be quite a few of them that were just on the freeze frame. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can actually find out for you now if you like. I've got quite a few freeze frames. I've got, I've, um, I've got like a spreadsheet in front of me. I can do this kind of stuff very easily. Okay, I think it's 29. 29. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it was nice. It was only about it's like a hundred and nine dollars, I think I paid. Very nice, mate. Very nice. I might have a load of doubles as well. I've, I've got like a reese with, with the card spent, so if you've got like a, a nicer card. Yeah, they're all all over the place. I've just had this chat with Jez that when you all come down for my tiki opening, that you need to go through. You you can go through the Power of the Force two stuff because uh, there's stacks of it out there. But I'll have to. Um, I've got a, a file as well, so we'll have to compare, mate. We'll have to compare. Yeah, and the gig, gig range is a great pickup, mate, because you picked up the Bosk, which. I know that Nick Shear has been after the boss for a while. That's the only one he needs. And I'm just down to two. Thanks to you, actually, because I picked up the Luke Jedi off the same person you picked up your last off the boss with, didn't I? There's 31 there. Another 31. Uh, some of the green ones are a little tricky, especially the, the Bosk, the Luke Jedi, and the Leia Boosh. Uh, they're seriously down to, I think it took two and a half years to do the to do the set. And those three, I already saw one or two of those come up for sale in that time. So... They're legitimately tricky to get. Yeah, nice. Red cards, though. Red cards come up all day, all day, every day. Yeah, nice pickups, mate. Nice pickups. Jez? Yes, mate. I just want to come in, first of all, and, and pick up on something, because at the beginning you said, uh, and making up the team, we've got Dan. And then immediately I was almost leaping to Dan's defence, thinking, hang on a second, Dan's the glue when it comes to modern. So if anything, I'm making up the team and I'm not bringing a great deal to the party because from a modern point of view, no, I've not added anything. I was hoping that I would have had uh, two new pieces of Star Wars artwork back from the framers today. Um, but I think it's going to be another day or so before they're complete. And that's um, it's not actually a professional framing shop because I don't think they're still open yet. But this is um, a friend of mine at work who does framing on the side and um, does all of my stuff. And I'm really excited to see two uh, bits coming back soon, which he's uh, really, really uh, going to sort out. And uh, yeah, really excited to see that. But something else, uh, a book from 2010. I'm not sure if that could be classed as modern in comparison to the majority of my, uh, my Star Wars collection. It probably is. 
but I got the Rinsler Sounds of Star Wars book, which is the one with the uh, speaker module on the side. It's got something like 304 pages with 250 sounds and the uh, method in which they've created all of these amazing sounds through the original trilogy, through the prequels and through Clone Wars. And uh, someone who's just, you know, huge fan of the films, you know, we, we talk about the music and how amazing the music is, but... You know, can you imagine Star Wars, our universe, without some of the sounds which we've got used to? You know, if you think throughout all of the different ranges, you know, the TIE Fighter, Speeder Bike, Lightsaber, Blaster, Pod Racers, Seismic Charges, you know, all of these different things, Probe Droid, Carbon Freeze, you know, all of the sounds from our childhood, which they're now brought back into the Mandalorian. These things are awesome. And it's just great to read it. It's got forward by Ben Burt. And uh, being a Rizzler book is just brilliant. So uh, I'm really, really pleased to get that in my book collection. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that book. Mate, it's brilliant. It's it's a really lovely, thick sort of uh, coffee table book to have. You go along, you, you go through it, and it sort of gives you forwards on uh, THX 1138, gives you a little bit on how uh, Ben Burt started working with Lucas and just about his background and how you know things were created. And then it goes through some sort of chronologically release of film order, as in, uh, New Hope, Empire, Jedi, and then the prequels, and then some Clone Wars. Each chapter gets slightly less as you're used to those sounds. You know, there there are far fewer new sounds introduced as we go along. You know, some awesome ones like the seismic charges and whatnot. Loads of uh, behind the scenes stills, images. Um, I think what was it? I made a note. So like 350, 300 odd photos. But then as you see it, there's a um, each of these photos where it says, "Oh yeah, this is the sound of." Uh, the Lars Homestead food processor. Uh, next to that photograph, it'll have a number, and then you key that number into the uh, little speaker, press play, and it, and it plays it. And it's got oh, a nice. uh, three mil um, speaker jack, um, headphone jack. So you could be there, just you know, with your headphones plugged in, just just listening and just learning about how they came out with the Chewbacca sound. What you know, and you know, we all know that Tusken Raiders, you know, sound people came from donkeys, <laughs> asses, and stuff. Um, but how all these other sounds have been generated. I just saw this book and I just thought, yeah, Rinsler book. Um, I'm really interested in that. I love the sounds, love the music. It's just part of part of it. So, um, yeah, and and I'm going to use that and we're going to discuss that in, in detail. We're, we're going to really talk about the sounds of Star Wars um, in future episodes. And, and we may well find that we want to go so in depth. We, maybe we do it over two or three, but it, I think it's definitely one which um, people will appreciate. I really want to check that out. I've got uh, I've got three Sounds of Star Wars questions for you. Okay, you ready? No, I've not really read the book yet, but <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, Bert Lancaster is in Star Wars, correct or not? Oh, well, that's so... Uh, I, I would say no, but it's so out there. He's going to be in it somewhere, isn't he? Go on. Go, come on, yes or no? Come on. No. You, that, was, that was a double answer then, wasn't I it? I know, it's very much a politician's answer. I'll say no, but I know I'm losing a point straight away. No, you're correct. Burt Lancaster's not in Star Wars. Jimmy Stewart is in Star Wars. Okay. Yes or no? Oh, right, okay. I thought that was the follow-up to the Burt thing. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, no. Correct. Excellent. Well done, you're doing really well. Okay, John Wayne was in star wars no incorrect so john wayne you know the uh the imperial spy in moss esper you know the yeah the gardinian or yeah yeah that's him uh that's actually the voice of uh john wayne now i've heard john wayne and it doesn't sound <laughs> thing like that <laughs> yeah I he's in the book. Changed it a bit, like, uh, but it was on instagram the other day i didn't know that 
Oh, okay. The uh, Gardinian, and they actually call him by something else, I think, is um, his species. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's in the book as well. So uh, it's only just arrived. And uh, but I'm yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting that. So uh, if if I uh, come across that sound later on, I'll play it down the uh, I'll play it down the line to you, mate. Yeah, apparently uh, Ben Burt went outside. Uh, they were working in the studio and he had some old tape reels that he was messing around with. And it was offcuts from a John Wayne film. And he obviously put it into a modular and messed around with it. And that was the uh, that was the voice of the, uh, is it Garindon? Garindon, yeah. yeah. Like that. yeah yeah there you go if that's in the book mate let's know there's all sorts there's stuff from how you know, you had ben with the original sort of um analog stuff and then as it came into digital and his sort of proteges you got, got matt woods and dave Accord, i think who were working with him and then went on to work in sort of future clone wars and stuff so yeah really interesting and uh yeah i'll let you guys know what it's like come the end of it I would definitely say that um, comes under a modern purchase, Jez, and I think that's wonderful. Great. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Well done, mate. And a cardboard mm. cutout of yourself. <laughs> you don't want to mention that one, are you? <laughs> Only Jez would buy a cardboard cutout of himself <laughs> and display it in his house. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think we need any more information on that. That just shows you the arrogance <laughs> of the chap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Chet. Actually, although I, you might, I might be the glue, mate. You're, uh, you, 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 he digs you out when I'm not. When, 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 uh, well, digs me out when you're not around. So I'm glad you're here. I might dig you out if your sentence oh, structure um, doesn't improve yeah. tonight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, wonderful, Dan. I didn't. When I when I said, I mean, Jez picking up on that to start with. When I said making up the team, it's because I was introducing you last. Making That's up right. the team for the evening. I mean, I mean, Jez is just trying to oh, cause friction where friction is not needed. <laughs> i picked up a few bits and pieces but it's quite uh, everything is kind of strange now back in i checked the show in may last year when we recorded the modern way i ordered a hand in carbonite the black series on the was it is the empire's um, anniversary set wasn't it yeah bought it off amazon and never thought anything of it and it randomly just arrived about 10 days ago just like oh there's an amazon parcel in there and it's like okay <laughs> so, so that has just arrived really really odd and i ordered an atat tiki mug from the celebration store back in november uh, december the 5th they um, sent me an email saying it'd been shipped and the shipping showed that it was in florida uh, christmas day it showed that it was in florida first of january showed me it was in florida 31st of january showed me it was in florida and i thought right there's something not right here so i contacted the celebration store beginning of february and they messaged me back and said they tried to deliver it on the 4th of January, but no one was there to take it in. So you need to sort it out in your country. Right. They never left me a card. I had no idea it tried to be delivered. There's someone normally here. But so I did send Celebration Store a bit of a khaki message. And then four days later, it turned up at my door. No response email from Celebration Store. But obviously they had obviously got into it. Brilliant. It's massive. It is a piece well worth getting. So is that the one with the um, the honeymoon pose? It's exactly the honeymoon pose. <laughs> Obviously, I uh, had some Power of the Force. I got three of the dancing girls from um, Power of the Force. And they, I had them sent to CAS in America to be graded because they were already in America alongside some, because they're quite close to the production. I got the production pieces bought as well so they could put them alongside it so you can see the differences. And obviously then CAS had to try to confirm that they were the prototypes and everything correct. And then they arrived in this country and sadly they were all smashed up inside. So went back over to the States. That has arrived. 
in one piece now. Good job. Good job. But uh, yeah, that's about a year long process that has taken. And then finally, my final purchase this month. Now, on the last Old Fossils, Craig laid out his vintage figures in order of the three movies. So I thought it'd be fun to to go with A New Hope because of the cantina scene. It's always been my favourite. And I thought try to buy a modern figure of everyone I can get and the best sculpt I can from that one film. So over the months, I'm going to ask you boys to help me out. Like, um, I w- I'm going to try to do them in movie order, but I have picked up a few. So I've picked up Fixer and Cammy. Now, I know that they're not actually in the, the finished article on our, you know, outtakes, but um, yeah, I bought their two-pack on a comic. So I'm going to have to go down that route as well. I bought a Y-Wing pilot called Lieutenant Lipira, came out for the Star Wars 30th anniversary range. And you're going to murder me here, Grant, because I'm not sure how you pronounce this cantina alien. I want to say Dazper. Yeah, or the, the blackface. Yes, DJAS is first name, P U H R. So I just picked up some, that, that just came through. I bought a job lot and that was in it and it's quite a nice figure. So, But um, next month I'm going to start at the beginning, so the opening sequence. So I might give you all a, like a figure to maybe someone find the best R2-D2 sculpt they can, which I've got to buy, or the best 3PL, or the best Vader. Yeah, when I started flicking through it, there is a lot. A lot of the Cantina aliens have been covered. Have the Tonica sisters ever? No. Don't think so. No, I couldn't. I didn't think so either. I think it's a rights issue. I think it's a rights issue. Legal dispute over it. One of them uh, had some issue with the uh, yeah with using her as um, uh, for for memorabilia. I don't think she even signs autographs. I'm not sure. One of them signs autographs, but there is a legal dispute over one of them. Right. That's a shame because I think um, there's some custom figures on eBay and stuff like that. You could probably track down if you wanted to fill a gap with one with them. I'm not going to use any vintage figures in the line. It's got to be from the modern era but um yeah i thought it'd be a fun little challenge and a little side note of um looking things up when i when i don't want they were the only ones i think are most of the cantina aliens are produced or the ones you see clearly yeah i couldn't find anything on them i'll tell you what i'll I'll take that away and report back next month as to find out why that is yeah yeah it'd be interesting to know because it's strange because they're quite prominent in the cantina so for them not to i think i think the pam rose alien they have yeah she came out on the i can't think what the card is it's got a white front but it's the only one yeah that 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 one's goes for about 30 40 quid on ebay so considering i'm gonna be opening all these to have it all loose it's um yeah will be fun but yeah a nice little challenge for the uh coming months probably finish it by august and be wondering what i'm doing (laughs) grant before we get too bogged down in the show i think you have a, a question for the team yes i've got a question before we'd have a little bit of fun this is a podcast about the toys from star wars but i would like to ask you guys if you can name the toys that are in star wars so think of the films think of the characters okay. and a few characters have toys luke luke has um Skyhopper. it's a shuttle isn't it sky hopper that's right when he's uh correct so that um, is a model and apparently it was the, uh, an ilm model that was going to be used in the film but obviously the the budget was was not there for it but uh yeah that is that's one of them are we talking all the films or just Jin. the original trilogy all of the films Rogue oh, okay. Jin. Jin has Rogue a little one yeah stormtrooper Ray's got one as well, isn't she? She's got some kind of stormtrooper in her heart, I think. My God, you guys are really good at this. So Jin Erso has a stormtrooper doll, but she also has loads more in that little uh, hut that they were in, the Erso family were in. Ray has an X-Wing pilot doll. Okay. So there's two more. One of them, I'm a bit sketchy whether it's really a toy. But there is two more. Has yeah. Anakin got C-3PO? Would that count? 
yeah, that's the one that I was like, mm, is it really? Uh, but yeah, absolutely right. There's one more to go. Oh, and you, you know what? It would be a shame. It would be a travesty if the little baby Ewoks didn't have some sort of little toy. But what about the younglings with their, with their training lightsabers? Do they count or not? No, uh, it's not a toy, is it? Well, <laughs> I, I, I'd run around the house with it and play with it if I had one. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got Luke Skywalker with his T-16 Skyhopper model, Rey with her X-Wing pilot doll, Jyn Erso with his Stormtrooper doll, Anakin with his C-3PO robot server droid tool. And Is it out of one... Solo? That's what, exactly what I was thinking. No, it's not in Solo. Uh, okay. Is Yoda's got a rubber snake. <laughs> no. Oh, baby Yoda and the ball and his little ball he plays with. Is that, Is that, Is that a toy? That's not a toy, uh, is it? Just, just, just the movies, mate. Just okay. the movies. Yeah, come on, Dan. Yeah. Which means, which <laughs> you actually mean, John Wayne is in the first episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> just throwing yeah. that back in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and his flute. I was going to say, and his son's a stunt double for The Mandalorian. Is, is it the chess set on the Falcon? Yes. Oh, my God. Wow, look at that. The stars have aligned. Is it the chess set on the Falcon? No, did consider that. Do you give up? Yeah, I think so. Is it no. the dice that Han's got in his cockpit? <laughs> Not really a toy. Well, you can't play Monopoly oh, without a dice. Well, what, about, what about in oh, Last Jedi, there in Canto Bite, there's all sorts of um, slot machines and games and toys and things <laughs> toys <laughs> toys yeah <laughs> um uh, last or... vegas land of the toys oh oh hang on a second no yeah last jedi isn't it broom boy and yeah load of slaves are, are there they're they're sort of reenacting some stuff and then some baddies come in and they're like get amongst that yeah absolutely <laughs> that's the last one broom boy and the atats made of brushes yes that was that was you know what i thought this was gonna be an editing nightmare to be honest with you but you guys did really well yeah that's what we get being star wars fans we're <laughs> good little quiz there grant it's nice Thank it's you, completely different. Um, yeah, I stole it off the internet, off a, uh, off a YouTube channel called IGN, so I wasn't that smart. Wow. you still got to find it and learn how to uh, troll the internet, <laughs> Copy you? and paste. Isn't he great? He's not finished yet. He's wonderful. You really like him? He's a protocol droid to help mom. Watch. Where is everybody? Oops. C-3PO Human Cyborg Relations. How might I serve you? He's perfect. Oh, perfect. When the storm is over, I'll show you my racer. I'm building a pod racer. I'm not sure this floor is entirely stable. Oh, hello. I don't believe we have been introduced. R2-D2, a pleasure to meet you. I am C-3PO Human Cyborg Relations. Since we last recorded, there's been a bit of a bit of news outside of like the announcements of toys and stuff. So just want to go through them briefly and just have a, a bit of a chat. Now, first of all, I'm going to come to you, Grant. Hasbro Pulse has announced that they will be expanding to UK. What are the details on that? So Hasbro announced on the 25th of February as part of their investors event that Hasbro Pulse will actually be expanding to the UK as well as other markets. Hasbro has previously only been available for the US and Canada since 2019. They're now going to open up a second uh, Hasbro Pulse website and offer uh, Hasbro Pulse products into the UK. 
this website was launched on the 10th of March this year, a view of rolling out into other European markets later on in the year. The Hasbro Pulse site, it has sort of like additional content for, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, uh, like a, basically like a, a front shop for Hasbro. So it's got, if you, if you join Hasbro Pulse, you get additional content such as pre-order launches and behind the scenes content. There's a premium upgrade, which kind of works like Amazon Prime, where you get sort of like free shopping or early access to certain products. Um, I know the premium sort of uh, membership costs about $50 in the US, but that comes with the free shipping. Have you guys have you guys managed to use Hasbro Pulse? Because there's a few uh, I looked at the exclusives on there and that Endor three pack is it or four pack that um, Craig bought the other day that was an, a, an exclusive on there. So I don't know if you guys already used it. I've I've signed up for it. It was twenty pounds for an early because I'd signed up before they made the announcement. I've signed up to their website. I got twenty pound discount. Basically, it's only forty pound to get the on the exclusive content and the premier package. So I've paid the twenty quid. But I've looked the on there. There wasn't a lot of Star Wars on there, to be honest with you, when I looked. Uh, there's a bit on there now. There's a, it just seems to be mostly uh, TVC and Black Series. There's a few sort of, I guess you call them sort of role-play items and, a, you know, electric baby Yodas, that kind of stuff, electronic robot baby Yodas kind of stuff. Uh, I've seen some complaints online that stuff actually sells out on Hasbro Pulse quite quickly. And uh, stuff also gets delayed. And even though Hasbro Pulse is where these things are made, uh, these things can be found elsewhere while they're still being delayed on Hasbro Pulse. There is a lot of exclusives that they put on there. Really bizarrely, a lot of the exclusives I was looking on there today, like a lot of it's like Transformers and Ghostbusters and yeah. Hero Quest and stuff that we had when we were kids. It's almost like everything we had as a as a kid has been like relaunched. You know, like the retro collection for Star Wars was another one. But even some of the role playing toys that we had for real Ghostbusters and stuff like that, that that's all coming back. Yeah, it's you know, for, for Star Wars it's mostly uh, T V C and Black series. I think, you know, if if you're gonna be collecting modern Star Wars, can I ask actually, Dan, does it give you free shipping in the UK? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the benefits of doing it. So it's going to be, I think, where you've got all these independent stores at the minute, and none of them have come out really and said anything yet, but where you've got your in-demand and your star action figures, comics and cocktails, etc., it'll be interesting to see how they end up going forward. So historically, the last few years, and all of the convention exclusives or the Walmart exclusives or the Target exclusives in the UK, they've gone to them. So I'm wondering how much Hasbro Pulse are going to hold back of that stuff now for themselves and... Okay, there's because there's like the cynic in me says that sort of modern sort of commercial marketing strategies want access to a direct debit in your account. That's how things yeah. seem to work these days. Yeah. So that's the cynical side of me. But then on the non-cynical side of me, in, there's been so many complaints about people trying to find and locate stuff in stores. So obviously they're addressing this by giving you direct access to Hasbro. So I don't know. It's uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how it all sort of how it all works really um the unicron uh transformers toy looks phenomenal it's massive yeah would you be tempted to um sign up to it grump it's not for me mate it would be the kind of thing i would have loved years and years ago you know especially when we had problems years ago where a lot of the stock was only coming out in america so i guess it's good i mean it's another access point for people to get stuff isn't it so i don't see the problem with it and what was it, £20, £25? I, it, I think that was the introductory, but I think it's £40 normally. But for me, 20 quid on on postage, you know, if there's a few good exclusives that come out during the summer and I've got direct access to them and early access as well, then it's, it's, it's money well spent. But if it was 40 quid, I don't know, I'd have to 
I'd have to work it out. <laughs> if, if you bought that sail barge, though, you'd probably get your, your, your 40 bucks out of that, surely. Or, or, or a Razor Crest. <laughs> I, yeah. I do. I don't know who would want that crap. <laughs> Staying on Hasbro topic, and I think this is a, a good thing, although I've seen some real negative comments on the old Black Series groups. But, Jez, coming over to you, Hasbro, Hasbro, I'll survey, um, Hasbro survey. What am I saying? Do you want me to just take it from you, mate? And why don't you have a sit down and a breather? Yeah, Hasbro does. <laughs> so on uh, yakfaceforums.com, uh, it's been brought to attention, Hasbro are doing a survey regarding plastic-free packaging for Black Series. And uh, they're just asking participants to have a little look and, and just um, give their opinion, really, on, on what the thought is. I mean, you think about it, there's a lot of stuff which I've seen where it is, it, you know, it's, it's a big thing now plastic in our environment you know plastic in the seas plastic in the oceans plastic getting everywhere well you wouldn't expect to find it in the flipping amazon and now we're, we're finding you, know, you you open a toy or product and it's just packaging after packaging just loads and loads of plastic so hasbro are looking at this and thinking right what can we do about our plastic figures and their packaging so uh so they provided some photographs uh just for discussion and just to see just to gauge sort of wet finger in the air where the fan base is now i'm looking at some of these pictures so they're really really trying to to maybe reduce the internal packaging you know the cradles the things which actually hold the figures so they don't uh, move around too much but also the windows so by moving the window you've essentially got a closed box and that seems to be the basis of a lot of discontent with regards to uh, what people are saying a lot of people you know you use the window you use all the transparency there to actually view the product to make sure that the paint application is good that the figure is the correct one there's nothing wrong with it etc and also from an aesthetically pleasing point of view you've got the figure on display whilst it's still mint in box or mint in sealed box so I can see from a collector's point of view that these aspects are very, very important. Now, when I uh, when I look at yakfaceforums.com, there are a couple of images. Some of them are a little bit grainy. They're not great to see, but you know, Mandalorian, no window, just a box with some great artwork. But yeah, you take a risk with regards to what you're getting. There is one there which has got a small window, a smaller window than you would normally have. So you can still have a look at the figure, but you certainly wouldn't be able to see waist down. And then there is a third one, again, with the window is actually a sort of a fake window it's just showing a slightly smaller figure what have we seen here this was released 10 days ago uh, this came up and they've already got 136 comments just uh, some people sympathizing some people getting it um, I don't know if this is from a demographics or a geographical location with regards to how people are uh, thinking what people are feeling you know there's one guy saying that he opened a black series figure he's got 250s and there was a ton of plastic within it each regular package appeared to be the equivalent of at least one to two water bottles deluxe figures with large multi-figure packages Hannah Lear Hoth and Scout Trooper seem to be about three to five bottles worth of plastic I don't know how he's using that as a gauge but he's just saying you know case in point a lot of plastic to be there and um, Hasbro are looking to be seen to do the right thing but there are a lot of negative comments Stu I mean I'm, I'm sure you've seen these with regards to people saying look you know if if you didn't have a window if it was just an open box then it would be full of dust and cruds and it wouldn't be good at all for the figure and if you didn't have the window well you've just got a box and you, you don't know what's in there I can see what they're trying to do you could just have a non-plastic window and 
yes whilst this might not be ideal maybe it could be i don't know shrink wrapped from a protection point of view and i, I see the irony there that that's a, a form of plastic in itself but it's vastly reduced amount of packaging i mean i've seen a lot of sports brands now where their packaging they've gone completely plastic free and they're doing a very good job of it but what we have here are collectibles which need to be protected they're not like say for example a, a water bottle or a gym mat or a pair of trainers which are, are generally fairly tough you know they they want to protect these paint applications in transit i know it's a, it's a tricky one i for one would like to see less plastic involved I th- yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think Hasbro are, are trying to do the right thing. They, it's the collectors, isn't it, that are mint in box, are moaning that they're not going to look nice on display without the plastic, and they, they're not going to throw the plastic away. But yeah. for every mint in box collector, there's a loose collector, isn't there, that will throw the box away. I mean, I, I've seen some Ill, ill-considered comments like oh this would be terrible you know if it was a toy and you couldn't actually see what was in it if it was just a box with a picture um you know a kid's not gonna like that and i was thinking well that was the millennium falcon back in the 80s that was the exit that was everything we had as a child pretty much didn't have a window it was a box with some really good graphic art on it and you know <laughs> we now look at these mint and seal box or still in box things with um great sort of nostalgia love you know so you, you don't need it people can get over it but you know to quote wow what a hot garbage idea they aren't selling toasters in which no one gives a rat's ass what they look like it's a collectible in capital letters um you know there's some there's some venom in some of these posts isn't there a thing where hasbro came out and made a statement a while ago saying that they're gonna have some kind of plastic reduction in some kind of time frame yeah, I can't remember what it was. I know they've reduced the size of the boxes on the Black Series. They've like shaved the corners off now so they're angled. That was more of a packaging reduction overall. I don't know if that was specifically around plastic. But it has been, it's definitely been mentioned the last 12 months that they were, they were looking to, to reduce yeah. it. Because, I, I mean, last week I, I bought an Easter egg for um, my mate's daughter. And I haven't bought an Easter egg for years. And I was surprised that there was basically no plastic. Nah, mm. yeah. You know, they used to be like 99% plastic, didn't they? Hardly any yeah. chocolate. So there's obviously a, a massive cultural shift going there. What would be interesting is, okay, if they make that approach to the TVC, what are they going to do with the old mint on card? Well, that's it, isn't it? It goes across the board with all their, all their other products, doesn't it? I'm just going back. Last year's exclusives. Let's just take the um, Black Series um, Cad Bane, which was in the slip box. That figure came out. There was no plastic in the front of that because you could touch the figure, couldn't you? Yeah, and, and the armour as well. Mm. So if that was in a, a better, I mean, there must be cardboard or alternatives or something you can use. Those boxes work lovely, especially if they put something on them which you can hold the figure out of the box somehow. Like a sleeve or something. Mm. Just they did it. They did it with um, a few years ago. They did an Obi One with uh, it was. I think it was San Diego with a, um, a hollow table. So it was the Black Series six inch Obi One Kenobi Star Wars that. era. That still had quite a big window though on that, didn't it? No, but it was. A, it's a slide. It's got a, like a, a panel that slides in with a picture of Obi-Wan on the front and then you pull it out and you can reach in and touch the table and activate it so the little hologram of Princess Leia lights up and speaks the message. You walked around the farthest from with one under your arm, didn't you? Yeah, you're right. I I had two (laughs) of them. Someone (laughs) bought one off me. You're right, Grant. How do you go about the vintage collection? How do you remember that? Well, how, how, wasn't the what uh, wasn't the convention exclusive first order stormtrooper and Genoso figures weren't they also plasticless when it came to the packaging thinking of it yeah i think they were and the kylo ren at the london i think there's a theme going on here with exclusives being plasticless so you can touch the figure but the kylo ren <laughs> at london celebration was was a really lovely box it was a lovely layout 
yeah, don't know what I the guess... base of it was. Was that plastic? I think stuff? it was plastic. It was still in like a plastic mould because the Vader helmet that came with it was was kind of embedded in. It's a tray, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a tray, yeah. Tray. So I think that there's options there, obviously, for the Black Series, but Fear of Mint on card, no idea how they're going to circumnavigate that. I don't think they can. They've either got to end the, the, that TBC line or come up with something else. <laughs> They're massive as well, aren't they? Yeah. Well, a, vi- a vintage collection that looks nothing like a vintage collection. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, you say, I mean, they're doing more, we're going to talk about them in a minute, but they're doing more of these carded Black Series figures. If they're going to carry that line on, you know, what, what would that mean for not, not just the carded TVC, but the carded Black Series as well? You'd do away with that. Yeah, definitely be interesting to see what they come up with over the, the coming months, won't it? We'll have to keep an eye on that. Perhaps before the next show, Jez can kind of maybe <laughs> produce something as an idea. Yeah, what well, we could pitch to Hasbro. It's really interesting to see some of this. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, this is terrible. You know, well, if they cared so much, maybe they should just stop making plastic toys. But what do they want here? What What we don't want is disposable plastic, you know, plastic, which is just that, that's it, you know, for stuff which is opened all the time. If it is something which remains with the toy and isn't going to be discarded and does stay with you, if that can be produced in a slightly more eco-friendly way, if they can reduce some of the packaging down, maybe, you know, pack it out a little bit more with paper or, or, or stuff which is still supportive, but without all of this plastic, great. You know, otherwise, some of the comments are, are really, really quite selfish, you know, generally made by sort of older generation people who aren't necessarily caring about the future and about what matters to younger people and uh, and people who care about the planet. So I think I think they're doing the right thing by looking into it. You know, all these comments about, oh, it's going to affect your sales. No, it's not. You're still a collecting junkie, mate. You, you'll still buy it. You know, there, there are people who are just, yeah, oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's a, you know, as you say, this is an exclusive here's my money, what does it look like? It's the same as the uh, vintage collecting junkies who say claim within one second of someone posting something for sale before they've actually seen the photograph and read the description. These are people who love collecting. So if there's going to be change to the packaging, get over it. Sort yourself out. You know, this is just Hasbro trying to do the right thing or appear to do the right thing. Get used to it. The world's going that way. Yeah, hundred percent. It's not going to be like we were, we're actually investing in you know twice as much plastic. That's not going to happen, eh? Hasbro would get a, a worse publicity if they weren't trying to tackle the issue and weren't trying to address it. Mm. If they were just ignoring it and just churning out you know as much plastic as we've seen, of course they would um, get more abuse and more. I mean, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're having a look at ideas. Well, um, you know, just remember, I think wasn't it the action action man we had as a kid, the party toy action man? Wasn't that all in a box? Some of them were, yeah. They came in like a long cardboard sleeve, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, with like a flap on it. Yeah. There is options out there. I think we're missing the point now. All the toys are made of plastic. So what's going to happen to those? You know, carved wooden figures soon, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> cardboard figures. Putting, they're going to be putting acrylic mates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, they they tried to address it before in a music festival I went to uh, because of the uh, issue that they had with uh, metal tent pegs. So they give everyone uh, tent pegs that was made out of uh, like potato, uh, but they weren't very good. <laughs> so that's the most random comment of the night. <laughs> So. Trying to think of a quick joke there. It was spuds, but yeah, it was lost on me. As you say, it's the world which we're living in now. I mean, I think a bigger problem is going to be Formula One trying to go carbon neutral. I think we've got a few problems there. But with regards to this, yeah, fair play to uh, 
fair play to it. And um, and to all the haters out of there, just back off and get another hobby, you losers. Well, there you go, listeners. Um, Formula One and potato pegs for tents. Didn't think you'd be coming up with that tonight, did you? Wipe them out. All of them. Dan, another news piece. On April the 9th, we're going to be getting a Hasbro Pulse fan fest. What is that? Yep, so Hasbro, as part of the the new Pulse launch, we're going to get it in the UK. So on the 8th of April, we're going to get a Hasbro Pulse premium members special event. They haven't said yet what that's going to involve, but if you're a premium member, you can can sign into that at 10 p.m. on the 8th of April. And then on Friday the 9th of April, for everyone else, there's the the main event. So the Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest live stream, which starts at 4 p.m. Um, in the UK time, and it's going to cover a number of toy lines, not just Star Wars. So they're going to go through all of their the latest news on Marvel and I imagine Ghostbusters and everything else that that Grant mentioned when he was doing his roundup that they've got on the website. And um, there's going to be panels and exclusives and pre-orders going live. If you are a premium special member, you'll be able to go in and grab those early before everyone else sounds like what they've been doing that the 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 fan first fridays but just on a bigger scale that, that's what reading it i uh, i understand it to be it doesn't replace the the hascon which is normally an annual event that hasbro put on for all their for all their product they're still going to do that this year so this is a separate online only event and yeah i think they're going to do these several times a year as well and um, there's no fixed dates yet but i've heard they're going to do them three to four times a year make sure you secure the airlock and prepare the escape pods Your Highness, the transmission we received. What is it they've sent us? Help. Um, I just want to give a shout out as well to an Instagram account because we've all got a, a bug for Tiki. You know, it's, it's influenced me so much that I'm actually going to build a bar with Tiki in mind in my garage. Oh, it's been a brilliant month. I mean, the episode one ones, I'm still waiting for them to be in the UK. I'm very tempted to order them from the States just so I don't miss out on them. But they've, they've, announced, they've released a He-Man range, which is a beautiful. But they have teased on the Beeline Creative Instagram page a TIE Fighter, which is obviously going to be one of the bigger bowls that we've seen. You know, we've seen the Atat, we've seen the Falcon, we've seen the Land Speeder. So you can just see the shell of it. And today they actually have teased some of the Moss Eisley Cantina Aliens. So it looks like the actual band... And and Snaggletooth. So um, that is one line which they, they do seem to go for the random stuff. So we will be watching with interest to see where they go with that. But, um, yeah, go and check out the Beeline Creative uh, Instagram page because it is a great little page to uh, to be checking out. Oh, Stu, if I may, it's um, I think it's going to be their most exciting, their most sought after range amongst it. You just have a little look at their Instagram, bearing in mind that they do all sorts of different characters, uh, all sorts of different franchises. And you look at it, it's like, yeah, a couple hundred likes, couple hundred likes, couple hundred likes. Star Wars, blimey, 725. And, and just there's a there's a lot of apparent appeal for these. And, the, and this latest range, they just put three images on to make a sort of three-way across. Yeah. And, and it's not been up for long. And already this is showing more interest in uh, the majority of their other products uh, put together so um if you are interested in this stuff i would suggest you follow these guys and put an order in as soon as they're launched because i can't see them um having that many around you know how quickly these things go out of uh, stock well a lot of love there for them as always Good job, Bob. 
Jabbok. Let's go on to announcements for the month. Not a great, actually, I say not a great deal. There actually has been in the main. We're just going to look at the main toy areas tonight. So we're going to split up Black Series, Vintage Collection and Hot Toys. They are seem to be our go-to areas. I haven't checked on Funko Pops. I would have done if I knew Jez was here because I know he loves looking at the Funkos. True story. But, uh, but Dan, I've given you Black Series. I'm going to split this into two halves because the first half, we've had quite a recent announcement of some um, comic-inspired figures. Can you take us through that? So, yes, yeah, it's quite strange, actually. They've gone back to the well with some of the Dark Horse stuff. I know there's the, the, the Jackson figure, the, the Green Rabbit, that everyone's been screaming out for for years. He was part of the Marvel, the early Marvel comics. But the other ones in the line are all, all, all based on Dark Horse comic books. So, yeah, so like I said at the start, we've got the Jackson. There's also a Luke Skywalker. And, Grant, you can slaughter me for this one. Your Salamari, the little lizard-type things that block the Force in Air to the Empire. Um, there's a Darth Maul from the... Darth Maul comic book and there's a Carnor Jax Crimson Empire figure which isn't actually Carnor Jax all four of these figures are reused and repurposed certain parts of other figures to create them so the Jax is made up I think he's got Luke Skywalker's the, the, the new hope Luke Skywalker in his shorty robe as I know some people call it he's got the he's got his legs he's got the body of Luke X-Wing and then a new head green head which I think they've taken from a Bucky O'Hare figure they had laying around so you've got the, the green rabbit jacks for the Luke Skywalker from Air to the Empire they've taken the uh, Luke Bespin that was released I think it was last summer as part of the um, 40th anniversary stuff they did there was a Yoda Luke Skywalker set on Bespin and they've repainted painted that black and then for the Darth Maul, they've taken the legs off the existing Darth Maul uh, Black Series figure, and they have actually made a new sculpt for the for the body and head with all of his tattoos showing. Now that the Carnor Jax, he's actually a character called Keir Kanos from the same comic book, Crimson Empire. Carnor Jax was the villain of Crimson Empire, and he's got a, a, a Emperor's Royal Guard uniform but the front of the mask the front panel where the visor is downwards is painted black and that's the difference but this figure is actually Keir Kanos who was the hero of the um, Crimson Empire series and he's just the standard the, the reuse of the original Empire, Emperor's Real Guard figure that the Black Series brought out with a different weapon and the, the, the cape slightly different I think the inside of the cape's purple so essentially it's the same figure as the original Emperor's Royal Guard and he's not called Kanar Jax he's Keir Kanos <laughs> sounds like a bit of a, a faux pas on that uh, on Hasbro's part but apparently they're going to correct it yeah I must say Hasbro have already announced that they are going to correct that because uh, I don't know whether they've actually been produced yet have they no so yeah I think it was an early reveal I think that the packaging was the main was, was the other big thing on these so it's taken a lot of the artwork from the original series and they've, they've repurposed that to almost like make the uh, the box look like a like a comic book or a novel on the front and on the inside then you've got um, the, the bio of the character and the appearances in the comic book so I think the, the, the Darth Maul one's the one that stands out for me most there I like that comic book as it is and it's uh, it's actually really good 
but yeah, the Luke Skywalker's thrown me a little bit because I can't remember him running around in a vest. I thought he was always, I always pictured him in Heir to the Empire being dressed like he was in Return of the Jedi with, with a cape on. So I'm not quite sure where they've where they've got that concept from. What do we all think about the packaging? Because we've just been discussing packaging changes. Mm. Um, this is a completely different look. Jez, you just made a, a very, you're either mm. sucking on a wham Satisfied. bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from the fact, yes, you got some plastic within the actual window itself showing it. And I, I do think that there is an, is an overuse of plastic but you know you are getting to see the figure but from a artwork point of view oh my word this ticks so many boxes i I love the star wars heir to the empire when else would you see that type of imagery now being out there that itself i I think particularly for the luke the packaging and the artwork is far superior to the figure itself. The figure, um, if you just gave me a couple of minutes, I would just rip that apart quite gladly. Um, But moving down to to the other ones, you know, the Jacks, yeah, all right then. It's, again, a little bit bit different, a little bit funny. It's very cartoony, but it's, I think it's quite intelligent marketing because they are really, really trying to appeal uh, across the board sort of Star Wars fans by doing it this way. You know, you've you've got the OT Star Wars with Luke and the air. Then you've got this slightly weird rabbit, uh, which I think is a figure itself looks brilliant. Then, you know, you, you look on the inside of this as cartoon sort of storyboards with it, a bit of background. You can see Dengar next to Jax. So all these things linking it to, you know, the comic books and the books. The mall, I think, just looks fantastic. And real real homages to, to the actual books and artwork. Yes, it's got the 50th Lucasfilm Limited logo on, but I think I prefer that to any of the other modern day sort of film logos that we've seen, you know, the 40th anniversary and, and the and the retro stamp. I think because Lucasfilm like that, that logo has meant so much to every one of us to have that. You know, it doesn't take up a great deal of space on the packaging, I think is entirely appropriate. And to me, really, really, um, yeah, on point. I, I've got no issues with that whatsoever. So looking at the more one and then looking at, as you say, the Crimson empire it's exciting it's really really interesting stuff is it's it's a combination between a book and a toy then you look inside and see what the figure's like but that luke figure oh my word it's shocking isn't it i'm more interested in the backstories and the books and stuff by seeing these graphic illustrations what i'm seeing here is a story rather than multiple different images of the same product which you're just buying but photographs from a different angle. This is interesting, and it's telling the story, and therefore it's got my vote. Would anybody order these? No, oh, I, I have pre-ordered Jackson. You have, yeah? I have, yeah. And was that based on the fact that it's just wacky on toast, uh, the figure, or are you planning on keeping it in its packaging? And therefore, when the packaging is closed like a book, you can't actually see the figure, can you? Yeah, I didn't fall that far ahead. Just <laughs> sometimes I buy things just to, on a whim. <laughs> I, I think the, um, the 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 front cover of the Luke is is actually from the Dark Horse comic. Yeah, I think you're right. It's brilliant. Yeah, so I, I think that's what inspired the, the the look of the figure there. Right. Well, I mean, we could talk about that figure because you know you you look at the the, the cover and there's a lot going on there, isn't there? I mean, Luke's looking like he's looking pretty hench actually. He's looking, you know, um, he's he's looking solid and that thrawn behind him. Star Destroyers. It's an interesting looking book which you then open and see the figure who looks like 
a slightly washed out guy from a boy band who's having some sort of resurgence after they've, let's face it, run out of money and are having a, let's face it, some boy band 10-year reunion. He's got a ropey old haircut, which would have looked fine on someone who was in his teens, but is now not. It's the trousers. It's the articulation. It's the boots. It just looks... I think it's because he's got a sort of um, exposed arms and elbows. And you can, so you can see all these joints. Whereas with the other figures, because they're dressed more, I think it's more you can cover up the articulation. And I think it just looks to me very much like sort of eagle-eyed naked action man from back in the day. I don't think this looks like a 21st century toy. Now, I know that there's an element of, you know, going back in time and nostalgia amongst the boxes, but the, it looks like he's wearing shiny acrylic ballet shoes and the jeans just, or the leather trousers just look, are they leather? They just look weird. All in all, that figure is just grossly disappointing all the other ones i think are brilliant um albeit slightly wacky yeah i don't recognize the jackson front cover but the others all dark horse comics the so jacksons from apparently in idw they've started doing some titles for star wars and they've brought back the jackson character so jackson is canon now apparently yeah they had his species didn't they in the clone wars okay i didn't know that yeah in the cartoon uh, they're looking for cypher Deus, and they find a skeleton on the floor and it's actually jackson's skeleton yes. uh, okay that, that was kind of like a homage. It is interesting. I understand that these are kit bashed. So obviously there's a, a desirability there to, to, you know, make product out of what you got. But I think it's so interesting that they've gone back to the EU that, that was dismissed yeah. and brought that in. I mean, if you think that we're just off the back of, uh, what was it, five Star Wars films, plus the, the seasons of Rebels and Clone Wars, and they've gone for this. I think that says a lot. I, I like it. I like the fact that they've gone back here and, and, and acknowledging that, that part of our history. I think it's great. Do you think it's because some of the I mean, people coming through now are, you know, probably 10, 15 years younger than us are starting to get nostalgic for some of these EU and are seeing a gap in the market with some of this stuff? It could be, but it could be that, you know, it was foolish to dismiss just so much stuff, mm. so much design, so many stories. I mean, people love this kind of stuff uh, and to just dismiss it i think it w- w- was really silly so um maybe there's a lesson learned there and they're they're, they're picking the, picking up this torch and running with it certainly an interesting range and i know that they're they must be selling quite well the darth Maul is already sold out for pre-orders in this country i think the other three are still available but how much were they Stu? Uh, on zavi 24.99 i mean 20 quid for a black series now the packaging and whatnot i, I thought it was a quite a reasonable Reasonable purchase. No idea what to do with it. <laughs> but, well, uh, what one did you get? Jackson. The Luke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, not the Luke. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Luke's the probably the best sculpt. <laughs> I just think with, with all the other characters, the, the knee joint have been cleverly hidden amongst their costume, amongst their outfit. Whereas the Luke thing is just like, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to have just uh, bare arms. And I just think it looks rubbish. But obviously... So, Jez, next month, got three jobs for you, mate. <laughs> first first job, how are they going to do plastic bubbles on mint on card? Right. Second yep. job, how are they going to hide joints on fleshy arms and legs for the Bendoms. Black Series? Bendoms. And third job, what is F1 going to do about all of their <laughs> Carbon environmental neutral. issues? Yeah, All right. that was the most Easy. random comment ever, wasn't it? I thought your <laughs> one about potato pegs was, but then just just like just started bringing up emissions in Formula One. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on track, Dan. Can you take us through what 
else has been announced with regards to Black Series? Yeah, so following on from our last show when we talked about the Lucasfilm 50 carded Black Series that were coming out, so there was four released for Star Wars or put up for pre-order. And uh, this month there's another four all based on episode one. So there's a Jar Jar Binks, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, a Battle Droid and a Mace Windu. The Jar Jar Binks is the same one that's being released, I'm guessing, fairly soon if it hasn't come out already. It's the Dulux pack, but without all of the extra accessories. Um, and then, yeah, the Qui-Gon, Battle Droid and Mace Windu are all re-releases. So they're, they're all up for pre-order now. Any thoughts on those? The episode one packaging, Grant, you're the episode one fan. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean, it's not for me. I like it, though. I like that they're doing it. I wonder how many they're going to do because I think there's, there's a good 40 or 50 figures in that range and they've done, what, these these four plus the convention exclusive mall and kenobi as well yeah i'd be interested to see how far they take this it's once again we, we seem to be reliving history again i like the uh, sculpts though I, I think the sculpts are pretty good would you just say the binks is the same as what's coming in the the new series boxes yeah because yeah, i've ordered the one in the box and i think you know people people obviously for obvious reasons despise jar jar binks but if you look at the detail on what that cgi character is made of it is a complex sort of thing to paint there's a lot of shading going on there there's a lot of sort of amphibian sort of design to it you know it's it's a complex figure uh, or a challenging figure i think to make i'd love to see a hot toy of it it looks wet doesn't it you look at the arms and it looks like it's got moisture there it looks amphibious and yeah i i rate that i think the qui-gon's going to be very popular you know you talk about um jar jar but i think there is now an emergence of growing love for him we just saw that at chicago that there was a lot of people there for armor best you know i've seen him now guesting on podcasts and uh and i think definitely he's enjoying his second wind after having a really really terrible time after the uh, launch of the movies so i think yeah definitely there's more love for jar jar i mean stew's buying jar jar stuff all the time at the moment aren't you mate well yeah jez i have bought the black series in the box and i'm would definitely buy the tiki mug and i'd love a hat with his ears and that sculpt that looks like that looks like 1999 samuel jackson on that sculpt yeah yeah sculpts are spot on aren't they amazing yeah i think they're really good oh god quite interested in this now move on Uh, and then we've got an elite uh, squad commander from the Bad Batch. So it's another clone trooper. I think he's painted black. And then, I know, Grant, you like the look of this one, I think, as well. The Cal... And you, again, you're going to slaughter me on the pronunciation. Cal Kestis from the Jedi Fallen Order game. So they've re-released that figure in a Black Series Deluxe pack. I think it's pretty much the same as the original figure, maybe painted differently, and also comes with a number of accessories. So it's got a double-bladed lightsaber, a single-bladed lightsaber, a hood to go on his poncho. The small robot, I don't know what he's called but he carries him on his shoulder when you're playing the game and helps you around and also a holocron so that's 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 up for pre-order now as well so there's a black series gaming greats imperial rocket trooper so that's from it's a black series a phase four imperial rocket trooper that's from the battlefront game so that's coming out for pre-order for sometime in the summer nice and obviously there was a couple teased as well Yep, so there was a, a another Fan Friday event, I think it must have been the week after we recorded the last show, where Hasbro, they didn't show any images of the, uh, of the figures themselves, but showed images of the characters from the show, basically hinting that these figures would be coming shortly. So there was um, Tech from the Bad Batch, these are in Black Series, um, to be clear. So Tech from the Bad Batch, um, and Aura Singh, the bounty hunter from Episode 1, um, Zero, who was the droid in in the Mandalorian episode where they broke into the prison ship? Cosca Reeves, who was the other female Mandalorian uh, in the episodes with what's her name? I can't think of her name. Too many um, Mandalorian. Bo-Katan, yeah. So the other the other the other female uh, Mandalorian, and also a General Lando Calrissian, 
all being released in the Black Series. So no dates or pre-orders for those, but I'm going to guess, take a punt that next Friday at the uh, the FanFest event, we might we might see those. Well, the date for Bad Batch has been announced, hasn't it? May the 4th it will land on yeah. Disney+. Plus. And I must admit, actually, some of those Bad Batch um, Black Series figures look amazing. I mean, I think, is it Wrecker? I'm not I'm not overly sure on the yeah. characters, but yeah, they're making a good job of them. Might be a nice little, little, nice little side set, just, just the actual Bad Batch, not all the... Um, side characters but. i think um i think uh, mark was getting quite excited about that figure last time wasn't he so he might well be he's definitely pre-ordered one of them i, I believe yeah yeah shame he's not here to uh, get excited about him now they released that bad batch trailer today didn't they a test is in order five enhanced clones more capable than an army Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. What else you got? Give me more! Our squad's nothing but trouble. But we get the job done. Climb Force 99. You know who we are. Hunter. Let's go. Echo. Hyperdrive's online. Tick. Prepping to jump. Wrecker. Let's blow something up. Yeah! And Crosshair. Your move. <laughs> We're all you need. I want Clone Force 99 found and wiped out. The galaxy's a dangerous place to be. We need to get out of here. What do you say, kid? You want to come with us? How can I help? The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. Decision is yours. We do what we do. Strap in, kid. Yeah, it's looking good. It's sort of, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's sort of like season eight of the Clone Wars kind of thing. You know, they, they've taken the Clone Wars mantle and, and, and carried it on. You know, the graphics are updated and it's moving into the post-Revenge of the Sith era. So, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. More Star Wars content. Why not? No. Exactly. New Star Wars in about a month's time. What more could Hopefully. we ask for? <laughs> yeah. Well, so moving us on then. Grant, coming over to you for the vintage collection. Now, we know you hate the bubbles. I do hate <laughs> okay. the bubbles. I can't get my head around the bubbles. I, I look at a, I look at a, an original Kenner bubble, even a tri logo fine power of the force 2 bubble fine i i just i can't get my head around these tvc bubbles doesn't help with all the paperwork in it either does it i must admit actually i wouldn't buy them to keep on card i would keep the card back and remove the bubble carefully and get the figures out because i think they're great for displaying because they're articulated of articulation yeah yeah i just I, all i see is bubble i can't i can't i can't get my head around it i wish i could maybe it's good otherwise it cost me a fortune you know Okay, so on the 29th of January, Hasbro Pulse revealed the next line of their TVC figures. These are obviously under the TVC packaging, as well as the Lucasfilm 50th anniversary uh, stickers. The first part of the line 
uh, all from Return of a Jedi. You've got the ATST driver, which comes on a 1983 uh, Jedi card back. The figure itself comes with a removable helmet and a blaster. A Leia Endor, same as the ATST driver, that comes on a vintage Kenner Return of a Jedi card back. She has a removable helmet and a pistol. And then you've got Paplo, the Ewok, that also comes on the, the vintage Jedi Kenner card, and that has a removable cowl and a stick, I guess you call it. What would you call it? A stick? Comes yeah, with a stick. A staff or a branch. <laughs> a staff. Of course, it's a, it's a staff. Thank you, mate. A branch. Uh, so, a branch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, pre-orders on these started on the 15th of March. What was interesting, you sent me a link from StarWars.com, Stu, regarding these, and the information on that said that these figures were highlights of the Kenner 1996 line. Really? Really? Do you see the link there? Oh, you do? I mean, because I don't understand how, why they said it was Kenner 1996, because I don't remember them being... Surely they meant 1983. No, and to be, be fair, mate, I hadn't read that properly. I didn't pick up on that. Ah, oh, it's all right. It's an extra image for Craig to cut into the video, so that'll be good. So in addition to that, they're following on from last year's final season of The Clone Wars with two figures from the Battle of Mandalore. And that's Ahsoka and Darth Maul, which are due for release in September 2021. All of the figures that they have announced, multiple points of articulation, so you also have the, the elbows and the knees. You might want to review those, actually, Jez, see what you think about those elbows and knees. Um <laughs> <laughs> Except for Pablo. Pablo hasn't got any knees. Then I thought to myself, well, actually, I don't think Ewoks have knees. So that might be canon correct. Oh, I don't know. Can you remember there was a very sad scene when uh, Ewok dies <laughs> and then the others, uh, two of them turn around and give an impression of a sheep. Um, I think it just goes like that again. And it's in a, it's in the height of battle. And I'm sure that there is an Ewok on its knees there. I'm just recalling from my uh, that knowledge is a good of movies. Point. Apex, is good point. Apex, mate. Yeah, some Ewoks have knees. <laughs> some Ewoks don't. Gerald in my office, who's a life-size Ewok, hasn't got knees. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you think about the choices? I, I mean, I get the Clone Wars. Ahsoka, Darth Maul kind of makes sense. They're very popular characters. But bit left field, ATST driver? Love it. it is, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jess. Great figure. But, I mean, people are moaning that the vintage collection doesn't... They're not bringing out a lot of new characters. So when yeah. they do, to choose <laughs> do, something so... Do you know why they've released those three? So they're, they're trying I think whatever the original I don't know what number they come up with what they count vintage as it's 92 or 96 they're trying to get all 96 or 92 of the original vintage Kenner action figures on a vintage collection card back and they're three of the ones that are missing that, that's, Dan do that's you not know about. how many vintage figures there were? Yeah but do you count Solid Limbs C-3PO and Solid Dome R2 as one or two figures because C-3PO is in the line several times R2's in the line several times well, Luke's in the line several times oh, exactly figures, yeah I know but yeah but I don't know. How many are there? Is it, is it, 90, is it 96? Oh, there you go. It's 96 then. So they're trying to get the original 96 out. Mm. 
Right, I didn't know that. Hope you're not making that up. I'm not. The ATST driver looks good off the bubble. Um, I think that's a that's a very good thing. The fact that you can remove the helmet, I think, looks brilliant. Paplu, yeah, looks all right. Leah. Yeah. So often we start, we all start these sentences with like, people are complaining or collectors are complaining. Never had it so good. Yeah. The, you know, I mean, the, it, you've got the black is, series, you, wicked sculpts on those. Soaker you know, you, looks amazing. Yeah, the Soaker looks great. The more looks great. I think. I, I, I don't think collectors have had it ever so good. You know, it is so tempting you got to pick and choose these days what you collect but mm. just imagine a loose run of 96 of these TVCs to go with your vintage collection look fantastic yeah you should definitely do that Ryan James <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best thing about um, modern, though, isn't it? You can just pick and choose what you want. Just It's just nice if you've got that kind of self-control. Not if you're from Generation Collect Them All. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I love that slogan. That's one for a T-shirt. <laughs> also, Grant, there's been a couple of other ones teased. Yes. There were some images released of more TVC figures to be released this fall. An Empire Strikes Back, Lando Bespin in his Bespin outfit. And from the Mandalorian, there is an IG-11. So I didn't see any details of the packaging yet. The lander looks fantastic. The cape is is great. It's such a leap from that Power of the Force to Beefcake version. Another fantastic addition. But, you know, if we go through the ones that, we, that we've we've looked at to be released later this year, three Return of the Jedi, two Clone Wars, one Empire Strikes Back, one Mandalorian. I mean, it's, it is kind of all over the place, isn't it? Also, really interesting choices. Great great figures. I could, I could totally be tempted by it, but it's already ridiculous and there's no need to make even more of it Stuart are you, are you happy now there's an IG-11 on a vintage card pack well yeah we were saying that that was the one that was um, that was a glaring omission from series 1 wasn't it good that he's coming or she's coming I don't know IG anyone female male I think it's a he oh, absolutely yeah right so let's move on then so something that we're, we're quite passionate about here and they just keep on battering them out and um, Jez coming over to you I thought I'd let you have the uh, the little loving with hot toys this month yeah I think last time I was on we looked at that uh, I looked at hot toys and it was the um tuscan raider and i was just pretty blown away with that and uh yeah you've given me um three to look at now i'm going to start with assault tank commander six scale figure by hot toys um it's a prototype which has been shown and uh they're expecting it to ship in april 22 to june 22 so with your experience what does that actually mean in the real world i don't know or are they relatively accurate with their release dates they're not they're not bad to be fair i think like for example the um the man's which is about to come out mm. I think it's already shipped in the States um, I think my last payment's next month that one looks like it's going to be on time yeah. where my IG-11 was due in November and it's been put back a month put back a month put back a month and it's now been put back to April so that's a six month delay from when it should have been shipped so I think swings and roundabouts depending yeah. on okay. what it is I think you know what you'll find or you could cynic and you could say right yeah June 2022 so maybe July just before Star Wars celebration and <laughs> see what they bring out for that as well uh, but let's go back to this figure. I mean, this is brilliant. It's got a price point of $230. Okay, so $230, the Assault Tank Commander from Rogue One. Now, yeah, standard stuff here, which you'll see common theme or relatively common theme. So 30 centimeters tall and um, 30 points of articulation. And you know I do appreciate that. But again, as with these hot toys, it, the devil in the detail here and what you are getting with the costume, uh, the accessories as well, one pair of fists, one pair of relaxed hands, Hands, one pair of hands for holding the blaster incidentally the blaster for this one is a double barreled blaster rifle it looks great i love the combination of sort of hard armor and soft uh, trousers there and i think you know from a tactical point of view this is the chap there who would be in his armored sort of imperial combat assault tank and it would just be the 
upper part of his torso which would be on display uh, as he'd be there sort of commanding the battlefield so yeah why can't he cut around with some nice fabrics some nice comfortable pants you know below the waistline so uh, i see this i think is uh, an extremely good looking uh, toy it's just brilliant standard stuff here with uh, with sideshow and hot toys that you, you see 30 odd different photographs of a variety of angles i mean as we've already said 30 points of articulation you can do a lot with these figures uh, i think it looks great what about you guys i do like it but with everything else coming out it's not essential <laughs> but i do i do think that it's one that will i don't know maybe they won't ship as many of them just because it's not as popular because what else they've got coming out and it could be one that's you know worth a fortune in a couple of years time you know i didn't actually realize this but this is for the tank driver from rogue one yes because they're actually issuing you the, thought it was the mandalorian the... didn't you yeah so this is a reissue then because this came out I believe this came out previously. No, it didn't. It never came out. It was shown as That's a preview right. and it was never released. So they've gone That's back. They right. they did the, the character from the Mandalorian. I think we spoke about that one last month. And it and it um, obviously they done they had the sculpt for the helmet because it's the same helmet. And now they've decided to re-release it or to, to release this. I think it was a, a celebration year before a few years ago, not long after Rogue One came out and it was previewed. It was in celebration in Orlando. Okay. Ah, right. So they've gone back and then now they're gonna release it because obviously yeah. Twice the money's worth, don't they? Now this is the uh, the cheapest of the three, which we're going to be looking at, and I think one of the reasons for this, a supply and demand, there's a desirability element here, but also what's missing from this one is a face. And I think the great thing about these hot toys, is, you know, we've got the detail, we've got the detailed weathered armor, the detailed weathered helmet itself. But you're now going to be moving on to figures where you can actually, um, in some cases, see the face. And uh, whilst this is an excellent figure, which is, you know, extremely screen accurate, I'm now going to go on to uh fet where we actually have the choice of two so the boba fett deluxe version and boba fett collector's edition yeah gonna start off here with the uh, collector's edition which is 285 dollars and again shipping april 22 to june 22 it's uh same 30 centimeters tall sort of size reference again with 30 points of articulation so this is the boba fett from the mandalorian it's interesting to note this is extremely weathered helmet and armor so it almost looks like he's um, been making a cake in the kitchen and has been going to mix a lot of flour and has forgotten to maybe put the uh, lid on the mixer and there's just been an explosion of flour in the kitchen and it's certainly what it looks like when i've tried to make um pancakes or a pie topping yeah it's it's a rather dirty looking weathered thing whereas there was definitely that episode in mandalorian when boba fett had a um uniquely new painted helmet and i know that there was a lot of um, discussion about that online. We'll talk about the actual FET itself. I love this figure. Um, there's a lot of the actual accessories which come with this really make it. I mean, it looks great. You know, there, there's no mucking around with the fact that it's just got the uh, the viewfinder, the uh, the dented helmet, just the the poseable figures. But it's it is the accessories which make this. And as I go through, there's a couple which I just thought that looks fantastic. And I just want to move to it now is the rocket, the jetpack, and what you can do with it. So. Yes, you've got the uh, the move in the articulated viewfinder, but there's a uh, item which is included in this, which goes at the bottom of the um, sort of separate rocket element. Have you guys all seen this? Which there's a, a sort of translucent bottom to it and then a fiery top to it. So when you look at this posed figure and, and you've got him bent forward, it looks like the rocket is in motion firing out of the rocket jetpack. I think it looks brilliant. So it, it, it looks like he's just there. He's got the uh, enemy ship 
ship and his scope and he's just firing this rocket that thing which we all wanted from childhood the rocket firing fet in a sense you've got one of those in a non-dynamic thing but what appears to give it a dynamic element i think that looks absolutely fantastic the other elements which i love is the flame uh, flamethrower it, it's got um sort of hologram uh, projection elements and accessories coming out of it and it's even got additional flame elements to put at the bottom of the jets on the jetpack so all of these things there mix and match have a have a play lots of different things to add you know if i scroll down and look at the costume itself yeah lots of stuff to this standard stuff one pair of fists relaxed hands one pistol holding right hand one gesture right hand then you go on to all the different elements of the costume but it's the chain code effect as i said the jetpack effects various different things which come with this yeah it's a lot of money but for one figure if you were going to say right i'm going to invest i'm a vintage collector or i'm someone who hasn't ventured into this and do you know what i'll dip my toe and i'll get one thing this this is 21st century cool this is brilliant and i absolutely love it but we move on to the deluxe version now the deluxe version you can add another 200 or pound to this this goes up to 495 and what you also get with this now is this sort of monk fet so pre reunion of the armor this is the one where yeah he was absolutely kicking ass with the stormtroopers it's got his gaffy stick there but you've got was it timo morrison the sculpt this is where you are getting your money this is the money right here because guys I'm, am i just getting carried away with the absolute sheer brilliance of this sculpt i don't think i've ever seen anything like it it's absolutely stunning the the facial expressions the sort of i don't know the almost the neanderthal sort of expression of the, the grunt against his head you know the wrinkles on his forehead the scowl it's all there so you get two figures in this pack so this is the twin pack so you can have the fully dressed fet and then this uh, additional one it is absolutely delightful what you do also get with this is uh, have you guys seen the uh, the crushed stormtrooper helmet or oh, the... brilliant absolutely so so if you were a collector of these and you had a, you had a stormtrooper hot toy you could replace that with this helmet and it looks like he's absolutely been handed his ass by boba fett and um it's I think this is just such an exciting, such a brilliant, such a brilliant thing. Yeah, it's $495. It's, it's probably the best thing I've seen. You know, you're talking equivalent money from a Razor Quest point of view. I don't know. There's a lot of people throwing a lot of money around at these toys nowadays. But guys, what do you think? I'm all over it. I'm I'm in for this 100%. <laughs> I've just bought a Boba Fett, but I sort of I think it was about a month after all of this got announced, and I was like, yeah. And then I kind of weighed up: should I get the standard or the deluxe? But you can't not get the deluxe because you need the Tomorrow Morrison head. And if you wanted to, you could switch that onto the the standard version's body and have him holding the helmet. It's you can yeah. do so much of it. It's, it looks brilliant. Have you seen the inside of the helmet? Detail oh yeah, inside yeah. the helmet, which is incredible. You just when you when you see, but you can only see one shot of it. But yeah, even things like that, I thought. Brilliant. I've not pre-ordered it yet, but I will be. I'm waiting for the two that I've got coming. Oh, they've, um, they've stopped now. It's about now on a wait list, mate. It's all gone. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> He's looking at it now. No, it's um, not. <laughs> it's, uh, Grant, what do you think about this, mate? I'm all over it, mate. I can't imagine a world in the future where I don't have it, to be honest. I think this is uh, the best that Hot Toys has ever produced. The quality is outrageous. It's a 10 out of 10 straight away. That sculpt, I managed to get the Commander Cody from Revenge of the Sith Hot Toy just because of the head sculpt they had on Tamira 
Jim Morrison. This is even better. I didn't think it could, it could get better than that. This is a 10 out of 10. The uh, amount of detail is outrageous. Uh, I feel like they've covered everything, and I would have to get the uh, the two-pack. Yeah, have, have you ordered it yet? Have you ordered it yet, Grant? No, I've got this new thing, Dan, where it's like I'm only allowed to buy two hot toys a year because it's getting out of control, mate. <laughs> and I've got to have rules. But the problem is, is they keep on announcing stuff all the time, and it's really testing my rules. But this figure and the one that Jez is going to uh, speak of next, I thought those might be my two um, <laughs> hot toys for next year because it's going to take another year for them to come. I have pre-ordered both of them. Oh, wow. I am. Um, I think they're amazing. The, yeah. the, the, the paint detail on the Boba Fett helmet is outrageous. I mean, yeah. it, it's so screen accurate. It's so perfect. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's... I think you definitely pay for what you get here and you, you're going to get definitely $500 worth of toy. I think as well, because that's such a unique version of Boba Fett and obviously, you know, the next episode he'd paint all his armour up. So they're obviously going to do that version too at mm. some point. Yeah. That could be the only... This could be the only opportunity to get that Hot Toys version of that in that armour. So it's another reason to uh, to get it. <laughs> That was his episode, wasn't it? That that it was, was the fair episode. That the, the and, risk... and the last episode, those are the bit that I think the defining moments of that series and that Boba Fett scene was 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 superb. I just sat there on Friday morning just like, I'm going to watch that again. It was brilliant. The Boba Fett we've always wanted to see. Uh, the risk is, and this is going forward with any new uh, sort of uh, Star Wars uh, projects, is if the book of Boba Fett is atrocious or Mandalorian season three doesn't work out, the character doesn't do what you want it to. I've seen it in the sequel films but the prices have just completely dropped off on stuff which originally everyone was chasing after like your Hot Toys Kylo Ren your Hot Toys Ray figure your Hot Toys Han Solo figure they were they were bits of money when they first come out and they've completely dropped off so I think this is brilliant but my point initially about is there too much weathering on it because I'm looking at this I'm like wow it, it looks like it's not a lot of white on it but it's a, a lot of where paint has clearly come away where it has been completely weathered and I said about it looks like I've got flour everywhere is that more than we had in the episode to me it just looks yeah. like wow that is uber uh weathered I, I i bet it's it's pretty much exact screen accurate mate i think that the level of detail they go to is outrageous you see it when you, you see all the stitching in the clothes and everything it's so the fine detail it, it, it's so well made well you've got riveting on the uh belts <laughs> the various different things the whistling birds coming out it does look absolutely wonderful yeah, I think um, win-win. Yeah. It's got, got a good review, isn't it? So, let's go. <laughs> so if we go for the uh, the trifecta, the triple whammy then. So, um, and now we move on to uh, the final one, which is the Bo-Katan. And, uh, and this is one where, you know, we see it is an incredibly popular figure. The people from Rebels, people, um, you know, who have grown up looking at this in the past with regards to backstories in the Clone Wars and how all that's come together. And I've seen person who was behind the voice now immortalised on the uh, small screen here on Disney Plus is just it's great to see but the lifelike features of this it's like I'm looking at a screenshot of the movie it's like someone has like almost paused the film and I'm looking at it it looks that good because I would say it's not necessarily a, a complimentary image it's a it's a stern it's a serious face again it's a it's an almost another scowl it's an incredible sculpt what you're getting here with Bo-Katan so again same line April 22 to June 22 a really really in- incredible figure slightly short 
shorter. So yeah, 28 centimetres tall and a body with 26 points of articulation. So uh, the fellas have got 30 and uh, Bo-Katan has got uh, 26. So I'm not sure what element's going to be missing, but it's it's a stunning figure. As we go through, <laughs> again, I think 26 points of articulation is quite clearly enough because I'm um, having a little look at the various different poses which they've got her in. It's already very, very good. As you can imagine, for the accessories which you get with this, grappling hooks, blades attached to the right gauntlet, blasters, the jetpack again, and what we said we liked from the uh, Boba Fett, which was the uh, booster fire eject accessories and comlink. So various different stuff here, but the weathered armor, it's just it's just stunning. It blows me away. $285. I think this is another must-have, to be honest. I can't see any other way around it. It looks it looks fantastic. Especially those photos where they put it with uh, the Mandalorian. It looks amazing. You get the backdrop as well. Yeah, you get a really nice stand with this, don't you? And I love the uh, the, the design on the Night Owl helmet, all the sort of weathering on the top of it. it looks fantastic. I wonder how they, how, wonder how they paint these. Are these. These must be individually painted, I guess. How do you get that amount of detail on a toy I have, i've never seen any videos maybe yeah search on youtube might throw some stuff up but i've never seen any production no i mean either i was thinking this stuff. the other day if they have like you know do they have sort of prototypes and stuff for this hot toy stuff mm. so i've never seen anything about it no they are amazing i ordered the bo-katan on the day that she became available i just think it's amazing this is something now where you know in the past i've always loved going to store celebrations and looking at various different things and you you look at i get you know vintage hunting and we do our panels and stuff but now for the first time i'm thinking I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of modern dioramas. I can just imagine them having all these things laid out, looking just just looking awesome. So even if I can't, you know, afford it yourself or get to get to collect a load of these, I can just picture them all being out there. It's Star Wars celebration for people to look at. Have you not have you not considered that there, Jez? Because uh, you're going to be bombarded with so much new Star Wars, mm. and that that vintage line will be you know so segmented. You know, have you not are you not interested in having sort of modern representations of you know stuff like the mandalorian no i am and and i think it's i think it's naturally going to happen for me i know we're going off on a on a massive sidebar here but thanks to disney plus you know over the last six months or so i have gone through the entire uh clone wars and i've gone through rebels and now what i'm getting is i've seen all these things in rebels which now open up and make even more sense to mandalorian you know so i, I watched mandalorian loved it and the thing is with mandalorian i think it was constructed in such an intelligent way that you know a layman could watch it mandalorian and get it you don't ever have to have watched star wars before to get mandalorian but if you've seen the other things in the past such as rebels etc then you get it even more and you appreciate it even more it's obviously just you know it's just layered that way so for me now having gone through all of clone wars and all of rebels i'm like yeah oh, that was a brilliant experience what am i going to do i'm going to go back and watch them all again just so i you know pick up again on, on what i've seen so it's you know it's taken me ages but that's the great thing about disney plus now so whereas before i was just really ot and then a little bit of you know i'm the sequel trilogy now it's just i know star wars to me now is far more than just the ot so can i see myself getting this sort of stuff i think i can and i think it's stuff like this uh boba fett which is um may well just break my cherry so so the the process okay you gotta be aware it's the process is i'll buy that because it'd be a centerpiece of my collection and then yeah. you, you get it and then you go do you know what it looks lonely when it's just one <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, what I'd like to do now, Grant, is you told us about your rule for hot toy collecting. So you said quite clearly, oh, I've got a rule. I can only get two hot toys a year. When did you come up with this rule? When did you start buying hot toys? When I went to the when I went to the pub and I promised myself I'd only have two pints and then I okay. got sloshed and came up with this rule. OK, so how long ago was that, buddy? No, I came up with this rule this year, to be honest, mate. When, yeah. when they started releasing, um, it started getting out of control because it was so yeah. easy to start. I was looking in my um, shopping cart on site show where i hadn't pulled the trigger i just put stuff in the cart i was like but when, minute, this is this is out of control sorry i don't think i uh, my fault i don't think i asked that question uh, properly when was the first hot toy you bought oh <laughs> uh, the first hot toy i bought i think that was that was ray from the force awakens <laughs> you bought loads as well in. didn't you yeah how long ago was yeah. that, buddy? 2017. 2017. So you're like two a year. Okay, so four years, right. How many do you have? 13. Right, okay. So you, you've bust that rule, haven't you? you, you, you uh, that's your rule. Jez, you sold a lot as well. Yeah, so I sold a lot of the sequel ones off as well. <laughs> but some of them, you know, notes. that Darth Maul, Naboo Duel, that's amazing. The Emperor Palpatine. Once you once you see the layers, Dan, you'll back me up on this. Once you see the layers, the idea of putting layer together, a, a string of layer together is, is, is attractive. The layer off is... A beautiful figure. There's no two ways about it. I've never seen a actual figure look so much like the real person. It's nuts. I tell you what, just what we'll do when when you come over, we'll put them all out, bring them all out for you, and then you can get addicted. <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah, let's the, do that. Uh, the genius. So one is phenomenally. Um, what was the blind guy in Rogue One? Chirrut. 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 Yeah, Chirrut Inwick. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, phenomenal. Have you got, got Chirrut and Jin? Have you? I have, mate. I have. I've got oh, both of them. The Genius Deluxe is phenomenal, and yeah. the uh, Chirrut one. The packaging uh, is sort of like um, it's got like this sort of Japanese or Chinese sort of Oriental artwork throughout it, and then you open it up and it's got like this sort of bit of plastic that looks like a bone and that you know sort of like you'd have on a duffel coat when you were a kid it's got mm. that kind of I don't know high end sort of packaging the on it it's beautiful. beautiful anyway aren't they it's like when you buy a new iPhone isn't it it's all it's all thought out it's all really well thought out and party experience it's almost, yeah it's almost like a ceremony opening up an action figure and then you've got to spend the next four hours trying to pose its arm in the right way <laughs> My Yoda I recently got, the ESB one, doesn't have the little brace thing to hold it on its stand. Every time someone opens my office door, it falls over. It really <laughs> irritates me. Really oh, irritates me. Mate, you can pick those up on eBay, mate. What? The stands? Yeah, people buy people buy hot toys or, and sideshow and just take them apart and sell the accessories. Oh, no, no. It's got, it's got a stand with it. Everything was with it that needed to be with it. But you know, like the bigger characters have the metal, like the little metal prong, which sits yeah, around huh? their waist. Yoda doesn't have that. So it's like, um, it's like a bit of Dagobah the flooring the stand and he meant to just sit on it but I've already had to lean him <laughs> against like the like a branch anyway but as soon as one of my kids like bursts in he plops straight over the over probably won't be so much of a problem on something in the garage because he won't be doorway but you might have only spent two hours posing him mate if you could put another two hours into it you might get it right in fact he fell over about three weeks ago and he's still laying down that's how much it's annoying me now I keep standing him up great great figures I've just had a look I've, I've currently got ten on pre-order <laughs> Have you? Uh, yeah. You're a nutter. What's up with you? Well, they're, they're <laughs> nice, aren't they? So I have got to come. That's the problem, that is. Um, I've got Bogatan, Boba Fett Deluxe, uh, Dark Trooper, Moff Gideon, Death Watch Mandalorian, Tuscan Raider, Lando in his ESB get-up, the Mando and Child Deluxe, Luke Skywalker Snowspeeder, and IG-11. See, that's what I mean. It's so easy to get out of hand because it's, I mean, it, you can easily justify any of them. It's hard to find a bad review on them. If you look online, look at YouTube videos, people are always saying, oh, wow, this is the, this is the best one since the last one. Need 
rules, mate. Do you regret pre-ordering any of those, Stu? Or are you, you happy that you've done them all? Nah, I'm happy, mate. I'm in my own little bubble. Well, it but appears no. that they're all investments because, you know, that Leah, which you said, the Leah Hoth, you know, that's showing sold out $219. And I think they're all at least double that now yeah. on yeah. eBay and stuff. So. I, I got I got mine secondhand. I got it for just under three. I think it was like 267 And I thought I overpaid. And then I looked again recently and they're up to like, you're right, they're up to like 400 pounds now. So I was glad I got him when I did. But Jess, were you just practicing what you were going to say to Julie to us? What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the investment, love? <laughs> she loved me. Their investments, they are. That, the, that old chestnut. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jez, right? I have got four in hand, okay? So I bought the um, Return of the Jedi Stormtrooper, the cheapest one I've bought. I love that thing. Joe, you know what? When I look at that one, it gives me so much joy. And it just goes it goes along with your armor and your cardboard cutout of yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I think what we'll do is we'll move on and uh, and maybe we'll all talk offline about hot toys and uh, how I probably need to uh, get one in my life one day. In fact, the Stormtrooper's just exciting me now. I'm looking at it and it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Some people. let's get back to um, what we're doing. Right. So the only other thing um, I'll just briefly mention that we've also seen, those of you that follow Lego, I know there's little packs come out, but anyone who's collecting the helmet range, we've already seen Fett, Stormtrooper and TIE Pilot. But they've now added Darth Vader and Biker Scout. Both are, look wonderful if you're going down that line. The uh, Biker Scout's $44.99 on lego.com. The Vader is $59.99, obviously a bigger set. But um, both look fantastic. But they've also, this one's more exciting. I reckon Mark might have been in for this if he was online. But they've also released a probe droid set, which is also priced at $59.99. And it looks absolutely brilliant. So three fantastic pieces. I think Lego are shipping them as of the 26th of April. April, so not long to wait there if you go over and crack on with the pre-orders did you, you buy know, the um, um, Tide Pilot one Grant it's not for me but my program manager who I work underneath he hasn't got any Star Wars but he's bought these they definitely have some cross appeal there to people who aren't really interested in collecting them all Since the last modern way, the prices of the Karajun figures have gone astronomical. I mean, and that was down to Gina Carano herself, the actress that plays Karajun, causing some issues. Now, Grant, I'm going to let you just 
give us an overview of what has gone on. Yeah, sure. Basically, she'd made a, I believe it was a Twitter reference to sort of like the persecution of uh, right wing or Republicans in America and made the comparison to Nazi behavior towards Jews. She immediately took that tweet down, but it was screen captured and then went viral around the internet. This led to sort of obviously everyone, well, lots of people got upset about it. They then started a, like a hashtag via Gina Carano that started trending on Twitter and all the other social media platforms. There has been sort of previous issues with the actress where she's had sort of a regular use of, of you know offensive language or she was sort of disregarding mask wearing you know during covid or sharing sort of conspiracy theories and tweets so you know it's got herself in a lot of trouble to the point where lucasfilm have distanced themselves from them there was like a transgender issue as well i i believe that happened that there, there have been previous issues what i don't get my head around so if we can reframe this okay if i said to you i want you to say how you naturally really feel even if it's a, a taboo or anything about you know transgender or the holocaust or whatever but it's going to cost you a million pounds would you write that tweet no you wouldn't would you so the point of airing something is so dismissive it's i mean i've fallen into the trap myself where i've written stuff online because i've had a bad day because the council tax was a lot more than i thought it was going to be and i've written some nonsense online and i thought and regretted it earlier but is it really worth airing your opinion at that kind of cost i mean there was every opportunity that that uh, rangers of the new republic was going to be based around it i don't know if that's true or not but I just think, what a silly thing to do. I mean, why do celebrities feel the need to air what they think all the time at, at such a detrimental cost to themselves? She's and crazy, it, it, really, isn't she? Because she's, when it comes to acting, she's a relatively newbie. I mean, she was in the UFC, and I know she's done some work. But her actions are going to prevent a lot of people taking a chance on her, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, and a lot of the stuff that she says, I'm like, well, to, you know, you're, you're absolutely you know, right to your own opinion. Now, it might not agree with them, but you're absolutely right to your opinion. But, you know, you, you're talking about Disney here, you know, yeah. Lucasfilm that are pushing through sort of social justice stuff. I don't know. I just think it was so ill-advised to do it. And maybe behind the scenes that there's been warnings before, you know, there's, there's a, a web uh, on the BBC website. She complains about Lucasfilm uh, bullying her. Mate, I just think, what a silly thing to do. If you instead took a sleep tablet and didn't write that tweet you'd be like a million dollars richer <laughs> it just seems yeah. ridiculous yeah jez I, I think grant's kind of covered a lot of what i was going to ask you but what are your thoughts do you think political statements on social media should affect your work you're in a in a job where i, I believe if you made a comment along those lines you would probably face very similar action that disney's taken towards her yeah we have to be careful about you know what we say but then where there is a separation sort of delineation between personal accounts and actively being holding a, a military account or declaring yourself as military whilst online making a statement but i mean it's weird you know you look back and i think some of our celebrities some people who we've sort of loved and revered in the past have been because they've been boozers or almost womanizers or stoners or caners or whatever you know you look at you, you put some people on a pedestal of oh you, you look at the osbournes you know they had their own show on being just crazy but now you look at case in point sharon osbourne she then has recently done something supportive to another celebrity who was in trouble for being a bit of a plank online and now hell hath no fury like the internet scorns you know they people are really trying to cancel everyone now there's this cancel culture so whilst in the past 
we may have been able to get away with so-and-so being there. Oh, that's just Carrie, you know, bless her. She says this or she does that. Can you imagine some stuff nowadays with the cancel culture trying to cancel out Carrie Fisher in 2021? It's a different time very much now, like you'll see trouble uh, and people getting so confident in airing their opinions online as we are airing our opinions on a podcast. And Disney are just scared, scared to death of it. You know, they've seen stuff go wrong. I think, I think that's an excellent point because if you, you know, we, we like Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher. If they had Twitter and Facebook back then, I mean, there was times where Mark Hamill didn't want to have anything to do with Star Wars. Carrie Fisher had drug problems and, uh, and mental health issues. All kinds of stuff could have come out and they would have been cancelled. Yeah. Know? I think that's, that's a really good point that you're making there, Jez. Actress Gina Carano, known for playing former Rebel Alliance soldier Cara Dune on The Mandalorian, has been fired from the show. Gina Carano's time on The Mandalorian is no more, following recent comments that have sparked backlash. In a statement sent to io9, a Lucasfilm representative spoke on the matter. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Carano was the subject of much criticism recently when, in a now deleted Instagram post, she compared being a modern day Republican to being Jewish during the Holocaust. The hashtag FireGinaCarano has trended on social media in recent months after other incendiary comments by the television and film star. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Lucasfilm planned on announcing in December that Carano would start in her own Star Wars series. Those plans were scrapped after Carano's November tweets. Carano has also been dropped as a client by the United Talent Agency. THR reports, They've been looking for a reason to fire her for two months, and today was the final straw, THR sources said. Carano has also been vocally against the use of masks in public spaces during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as insinuating voter fraud conspiracies regarding the 2020 presidential election. Carano first appeared as Cara Dune in Episode 4 of The Mandalorian Season 1, when she teamed up with the titular bounty hunter to protect a community against raiders using stolen Empire weaponry. She returned midway through Season 2, Episode 12, to assist in destroying an Imperial base and later, in episode 15, to help infiltrate a refinery. The character proved initially to be popular with Star Wars fans, but opinion quickly soured following Carano's comments. But let's leave that discussion there, because the real reason for this subject this month is the price of a Cara Dune figure, with regards to both the Black Series and the Vintage Collection, and I know we said we'd love to see a hot toy of that. Very, very um, unlikely now. Now, Hasbro has stated that both the Black Series and the Vintage Collection figures will no longer be produced, so the figures already released on the market is the lot. That is what we've got. So, although Hasbro has stated that the figure due for release within the Retro Collection will still go ahead, the announcement is to pull making any other figures of her. Dan, this figure comes out, Black Series is, what, 20 quid? Vintage Collection, 12.99 in the UK? What suddenly happened to the price of the Cara Dune figures? So if we concentrate on, on the four figures, so there's the original Black Series figure that came out probably this time last year. Maybe it was maybe it was earlier. Did it come out maybe in the first wave of, of, of Mandalorian figures? So, you know, around a year ago in the black box, that figure, when this first kind of kicked off, when she first got pulled off the show, went up to around £225 for the top prices I can find on eBay. That's dropped back now, but it's still well over £100. You're looking at 150 if you want to get that that figure in a, in a standard Black Series box. So I think out of the four figures, that's the only one that we probably won't see any re-release of. Like there was there was stuff in the works for the other ones we're going to talk about, but this one that was that was it. 
so people are going after that one in a big way the carbonized versions have you remember the uh the the best guys at the best car collection the ones that came on vintage card backs with like yeah. uh concept artwork that one's still out there is still available at retail that one's going for around 80 pounds now again that was a i think a 24.99 retail price the vintage collection standard edition not the carbonized that went up to around 100 125 now there was a, a second release of that that's just come out in the last couple of weeks if you had it on pre-order already you were going to get those i i had that pre-ordered before christmas to go with my razor crest so luckily i, I got one of those for retail price but if you want to get your hands on one you're still looking at around 80 pounds so there's been a slight price drop on that because obviously there's more come into the market but you're still looking you know for what four or five times its original retail value and the carbonized vintage collection one originally that again jumped up to around 70 80 quid and some people are still being silly and buying it for that price but that has come down i think you can probably get one of those for about 30 or 40 quid now but everything is at least double what it was originally at retail. Yeah, so it's a massive jump there. So it's fear of missing out, is, I suppose, is the, <laughs> is, the, is, is the message of the day. Everyone's just gone nuts and thought, oh, well, no more Cara June. I need to get one in my collection and gone out and tried to so get one. Did sort of suppliers get caught with this, you know, where they'd, they'd, ha- they'd have their Black Series Cara June for 20 quid or 29 quid on their website? Obviously, she then gets fired and they probably get inundated with requests for that figure to be bought at 20, 30 quid. But st- I suppose Star Action figures, they put a limit. So when they had the carbonized version go back up for pre order, the vintage collection, they put a limit on how many could buy. So someone had, people were putting like orders in for like 30 of them. Um, and the guy at Star Action Figures, Wayne, he was cancelling people's orders down. So he's been posts on Facebook saying if you've ordered more. Than, I can't remember if it was one or two. If you've ordered more than like kind of that amount, then you're going to get your order cancelled. And I am checking to make sure people aren't ordering from different email accounts from going to the same address. So he he was all over that. And on the Facebook, the the UK Vintage Collection Facebook group, the administrator over there, he put a limit on how much people could sell them for. So you had people going on there trying to sell them for you know hundred pounds plus. He said, you know, these are the prices. I can't remember exactly what he said. I think it was thirty pound for the carbonized, fifty pound for the non-carbonized. But yeah, he was putting limits on the website as well. On the, yeah. on the Facebook page. That, that must be a thing, though, if you start reading your emails and then all of a sudden it's like, hang on a minute, I've sold 380 Carodunes. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a carbonized Carodune and it's bloody horrible. You told you that was your figure of the year on the, on the <laughs> year end show. You Do you remember that? I bought it to have a look what they were like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like she was going off to a glitter ball. You make yeah. some money for it now. Go and sell it on eBay. I wouldn't know where it is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, it's a uh, it's boxed away somewhere. I, f- I think though, just got, I know we said we, we finished on the on the first, but I, I kept quiet. But I just think that anyone who's involved with Star Wars should just be banned off social media. So say what you want about Daisy Ridley, her not being on social media was the best thing she ever did. Yeah. Um, and they should just you know as part of their contract be compensated for any you know loss of earnings they've got for not being on social media. Because I imagine when you've got you know 1.4 million followers or whatever you're on, you're going to get some some perks off the back of that. So compensate you for that while you're contracted with Lucasfilm. You don't go on social media. I think they shut down Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Andy Daniels when the pre- when the sequels were originally coming out, just so that people keep their mouth shut from spoilers, but also avoiding this kind of nonsense. And I think we just got to a place where we got past all of the kind of negativity coming out of the sequel trilogy there was a show we could all get behind and now there's this big cloud hanging over it you know to do it as well in the climate of this cancel culture i mean it, there's more people that have been told to go away recently you know we're starting to run out of celebrities yeah. new celebrities because everyone's been told to go away because of a joke that they made in 1985 
So yeah. it's it's I think it's a horrible. You know, the pendulum has swung the other way, hasn't it? Quite aggressively over, over uh, the last couple of years. I think so, I think yeah. I think they grant that the pendulum can easily swing back the other way, and sometimes you know you know a negative force creates or a positive force creates a negative force, and people should just be very careful of the direction this all this all goes in. They need to find the balance, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I found the most ludicrous <laughs> thing with um the Cara June and the Gina Carano thing was was the people that were gonna oh I'm gonna give up my subscription to Disney Plus unless they reinstate her. Yeah, I mean yeah. God, have a day off. I know that you can see why Disney have done have made their decision and their choice. I think yeah. it would say a lot for Disney to bring her back though to be honest. I'd say yeah you know there is a misunderstanding we've got we understand this, what the situation is now, and and you know if Star Wars is about redemption, surely she be she should be allowed to have an opportunity to 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 come back rather than just go away forever. I think for me that that that, that she's gone too far. She did that interview after a couple of weeks after I can't remember is it, is it I can't remember his name is it Mike Shaplow or Shalaplo? She done this interview uh, with a right wing yeah. guy, anyways, and I think the things she said in there kind of have, 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 have meant that that can't happen now, but. You're right. With a cancel culture, there is no no um, redemption. You know, you go, you do yeah. you do a crime, you go to prison. But in this in this instance, you're you're cancelled at the end of the day. And and that's um, it. There's rumours about Cara June being recast, isn't there? Uh, there's, I hear. there's another UFC fighter, isn't it? That's very similar. Can we get can we get an actress this time? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> can we go back to this time you know i don't know why they have to have you know mma fighters or anything i heard it was going to be um hera Sindula, the Twi'lek <laughs> from rebels was going to be fronting rangers of the new republic okay. i'd like that i'd like to see a um, real life version of her yeah that'd be great, great <laughs> yeah jez likes a twi'lek like i, I do, I, I, do. <laughs> I, I like the most exotic of uh, creatures within our star wars world it, it is a very weird thing of mine yeah, i thought cara june was an awesome character but i um yeah no there's something about yeah there is pedro pascal has you know promoted progressive you know left-leaning uh, uh, stuff in, in his tweets but because it's progressive and left-leaning and is angled towards social justice that's absolutely fine but there will be people on the other side of the fence who will be offended by that so there's there's a duplicity there you know if it if it's about you know upsetting people or or making people angry or, or, or saying the wrong thing well there's two sides to that coin and i don't know i don't like it i think I think no. it would say it would say so much for Disney if they brought her in and explained the situation. It, all it shows was a lack of education. You know, she 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 made a statement that just shows poor understanding, poor experience, poor education about an extremely complex subject matter. And I just think, you know, God, give people a break all the time. We all make mistakes. Are you talking about the transgender stuff? Anything, mate. Yeah. Anything. It's all. It's all just poor education, you know. Lack of experience. Yeah. If you if you got something, you know, judgmental and nasty to say about, uh, you know, a, a, a different group or a different orientation, it just shows you've got a lack of, lack of understanding of what that is. Yeah. That's all it is. That that was more about her not wanting to put pronouns in her IMDb profile. It all started from that. So she just said, "I'm not going to bow down mob and be told I've got to be adding them." That's all she said. There was no negativity about transgender, but it all kind of snowballed from that. I think everything um, built Which up. Be, yeah, but that should be a freedom to do that. Yeah. And yeah. also the freedom of speech should be allowed. I, I guess it's crossing into hate speech or whatever, but, you know, get get Disney and Cartoon back together and, and, you know, yeah. and, and show what the right way to do it. You know, get get something positive out of it rather than 
I mean, is she going to be able to get another job? It's just, um, I, mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I don't like it, mate. I don't like what she, she, she said, but I just don't like the way this is going all the time. Well, there you go. Totally off piece to what we were talking about, but uh, that's what we so, are. The problem with how <laughs> see just 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 go off piece again. So the problem with the potato um, <laughs> uh, penthouse is if you hit with a hammer, they used to shatter. But the idea was if those pegs were in the ground after the festival ended, the cows could come back into the field and they wouldn't eat metal tent pegs. Look, so it was that's what I was getting at. I was on the Death Star. Which one? <laughs> You think you're funny? Do you know how many millions were killed on those bases? Drop your last As the galaxy cheered, last chance. Destroying your planet was a small price to pay to rid the galaxy of terrorism. Right, so let's move on then. So one thing that we do here on Generation Skywalker is obviously the blog posts. And Dan, you've um you've just written your second one. We have the still books one. A few months back but uh you've gone down the micro machines route so first of all why and secondly can you take us through your blog post yeah so it, it kind of came from like our our one year anniversary show and we were talking about at the time the the sort of things that we wanted to talk about this year and i think um mark's dark empire sitting on his pants after princess diana dying inspired me a little bit <laughs> to go back and uh, and think about those days and 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 what I was doing and and one of the things that kind of stuck with me were micro machines I wasn't a an avid collector of them but they definitely stuck out in the early 90s as being a Star Wars product on the shelf that was available to buy so I thought I'd go and do a bit of digging and see what the story was with them so it started off really I wanted to I suppose I was I did it with the intentions of covering off the actual toys themselves but the the actual history of micro machines and how the Star Wars license came to Gallup who manufactured micro machines was was interesting as well so I'll um I mean the, the blog itself it, it kind of talks through the the history starting off with the micro machines that were originally available in the 1980s so it started off as a, a range of, of toy cars that were licensed to Galoop from a couple of toy inventors from Wisconsin. They Galoop themselves were a using lots of toy lines at the time. The, the ones I've listed in the in the blog were Pound Puppies. I think that was their biggest their biggest range. But they also produced all of the A Team line back in the eighties, and I've got lots of fond memories of those. So both the I think they were like four or five inch figures that so the larger action figures and the small the smaller ones that I remember getting in Happy Meals when I was a kid. For some reason, the A Team made it into Happy Meals. They so could get a B rackers with about 15 different guns so you all familiar with micro machines the original run did you have any as children i wasn't allowed them why when i was a child my mum and dad a bit like um, mr frosty they've always kind of when i was a child child always kind of looked at them as a bit of a, a whimsical i can remember my friends at school having some they were a bit like a bit pointless a bit small but i had some in the 90s but can i just bring one thing up before the other two answer yeah are you saying galoop yeah how do you pronounce it then it's a b not a p I believe on the end. I, I said galoop with a B. No, I said galoop with a B. Okay, you sound like you've got a P in there, which isn't, there isn't. <laughs> galoop, galoop, gallop, galoop. I let uh, Grant and Jez go whether they had micro machines. Stu, can I just ask though, I, I thought you were going to say your mum and dad were scared you were going to get in it and drive off. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right, couldn't resist. I might have had one or two. I can't. I, I, I definitely didn't collect them. It wasn't one of those things for me. It was all about the wars. But it's one of those things where you might have just had one, maybe, I don't know, for a random Christmas or birthday present. They certainly don't hold any uh, nostalgic uh, memories for me. Grant, you, you have any experience with micro-machines prior to Star Wars? 
Uh, no, mate, not at all. But that, that's not something I'd be interested in. Like the Mega Drive game, the Genesis <laughs> I, game. Oh, yeah, really yeah, one of the best games ever. And I haven't covered the video games. There's tons of them. They're still making them now. I've not, I've not covered them in the blog. It just got, it just, it would just become, it would have just become too cumbersome to try and bring the video games in as yes, well. You, you probably didn't have them as a child because you're probably about 22 by the time they came out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suppose that's my next point so I, I didn't have any but my brother my brother did my young, my brother down from me so he's three years younger than me he had tons of them and I remember our next door neighbour as well he was a couple of years younger he had loads of them as well so I, I think I just missed the missed the boat with these so I was aware of them and I I played with them but I didn't actually ever buy any myself or get any given any as gifts but I was I was definitely aware of them so I suppose for the for the guy for the people listening it's um if, you, if you're not aware what micro machines were, so they were small scale cars. They were about an inch long each, so they, they were smaller than your standard matchbox or dinky size um, car. And they were highly collected, I think, by a lot of kids in the 80s. Certainly in America, the first wave of cars was released in 1987, and lots of the uh, the car brands at the time, you know, everything you could. I've said it in the blog from Fords to Ferraris. As the line expanded out, they covered everything you could imagine. And I found examples of limousines, monster trucks, um, lorries, farming equipment. Boats, aircraft, there was train sets, military vehicles, tons and tons. And I probably, I could have probably kept on searching and find it and found a ton more stuff. And then the, the play sets that came with them, they were yeah really cool, actually. So there's a, the, the, the one that seems to be quite popular on eBay is that is the Van City, the Super Van City. So I think they've even re-released that a few times. So it looks like a, a standard American style RV and it all opens out into a, a big cityscape. So you've got different roads with ramps and a police station and all various other bits of interactive settings where you can place your car. So there's a petrol station and a racetrack and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's superb Dan. I bought one about four or five years ago from a boot fair. Buy it. it had like a little car wash in it, which you could put your car through and all sorts. I've sold it on since, but yeah, I can, yeah, a lot of appeal. Yeah. So there was, there was lots of places. So I think I've mentioned it was an aircraft carrier. That one was pretty cool. So if you've got all your military micro machines, you can land your planes on there. And um, there was a cargo plane as well, which was more of a store could act more of a storage for your for your uh, micro machines and it was all kinds of extra modular sets you could buy so there was micro city play sets you can you can hook those up and connect them all together and just keep building and building and building like i say it was released micro machine as a brand started out in 1987 there was a big american television campaign which used the guy who was the, the world's fastest talker at the time apparently the world record for speaking as many words in a minute as he could i think he, he managed uh, 538 words in a minute so he was a super fast talker and i've dropped a link to one of the adverts in the in the blog there so you'd be able to go and have a look at that there or i'm guessing in the edit someone's going to drop that in and you can hear the the guy talking at 100 miles an hour the micro machine man here presenting the genuine original classically collectible most midget miniature episodes of the real things micro machines dramatically detailed stupendously styled smaller than enough this one or this one and now with a totally terrific town the new micro machine super city toolbox playset closed it's a mild matter toolbox open it's a micro machine usa cruise your mini micro machine vehicles planes and boats to the police station the marina the mini motorcycle repair shop the gas station the construction office work the real working drawbridge highway passenger ramp and garage doors or take a micro machine flying machine in for a landing Phew, this place has it all the new micro machine super city toolbox playset from galoo the one and only outrageous original miniatures remember if it doesn't say micro machines it's not the Again, I don't know what the, the numbers were like in the UK, but in the in the states for str- three straight years 
years, uh, Micro Machines was the fastest selling car, car line, toy car line, um, outselling Hot Wheels, Matchbox, and another company called Majorette that I'm not I'm not familiar with combined. So it you know it was, it was massive, massive phenomenon. And then you know as we go into the 90s, then the Micro Machines fit actually got to feature in in Home Alone. So they got their their pop culture moment, a moment in time. There's the scene where Marv and Harry break into Kevin McAllister's house, and these put these laid out a load of Micro Machines on the floor, and uh, yeah, they both um, slip on the on the Micro Machines and land crash into the ground and then and then we start we get into the early 90s and we start looking at how star wars came into micro machines but to do that we need to go back to 1977 so i think we all know certainly we do on the, the host here that obviously kenner won the contract to produce star wars toys in the meets in the months leading up to the original star wars may release in 1977 and i think the fact that it's probably not as well known and i don't know if you called it on the i think there was this what's the show on netflix the toys that made us they've got the the kenner episode or the Star Wars episode and they talk on there about but once Star Wars had finished in the in the 80s Kenner continued to pay Lucas $10,000 a year and they go into the reason for that so as part of the contract that George Lucas agreed or Lucasfilm agreed with Kenner they had to give Lucasfilm a minimum of $10,000 a year in toy sales and if they didn't achieve the $10,000 they could just give George a check for $10,000 but because obviously Star Wars went away around 1985 Kenner then just had to send George a check for ten grand every year and so long as they did that they would have the Star Wars license in perpetuity so they would literally be able to go on making Star Wars toys forever they had the they were the single licensee no one else had access to create Star Wars toys except for Kenner and then in the early 90s I think around 90 1990-1991 Hasbro bought out Kenner at that point the story goes that a, an accountant or someone senior at Hasbro decided not to send Lucasfilm their check because Star Wars was finished and not a viable commodity and basically meant that the the contract that was that was originally taken out was was null and void and no longer applicable and Lucasfilm were free to go and sell Star Wars to whoever they wanted to obviously in 1991 we had the Air to the Empire released we had the Dark Horse um, comic started releasing Dark Empire George Lucas announced that he was going to be making a sequel trilogy and there was loads of video games in development so I think the following year we saw the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games starting to be released we saw the super super Star Wars games coming out so Star Wars was definitely making a comeback <laughs> just coincidence that it was the, it was the year that um, Kenner decided or Hasbro decided not to send George Lucas $10,000 so big mistake on on their part so cut back to 91 and we've got Lucasfilm going out to various licensees we'll talk about I suppose Bendham's another day but one of the the licensees they did speak to was Galoop and and um, asked them if they'd be interested in making Star Wars toys and which obviously they jumped at the chance and in 1993 they released their first waves of Star Wars micro machine free packs these were miniature versions of iconic ships molded in plastic are, are you guys all familiar with these free packs like they were everywhere at the time they're everywhere now aren't they? yeah yeah <laughs> pick these up if there's no vintage around so I remember seeing them in Woolworths you would see those and bend them that that was all that was out there at the time so there was no hasbro product this was literally all there was um i, I got bought these for and i'll talk about it more as we get to the end but i got bought these all the time i you know if, if something was a christmas or birthday i'd always get micro machines and i'd go oh yeah thanks great and i'd have a little display of them in my bedroom but they weren't vintage but they were the only star wars available so it was a good uh it was a good uh a good feeling that seeing star wars on the shelves again but yeah definitely left you wanting but th- they released 17 of these three packs from all three movies. My favourite. So I've, I thought the uh, the 
the Cloud City was was inspired. The fact they released the micro machine of Cloud City, and they also and I know Grant, you've referenced this before. They released the medical frigate or the Nebulon B, is it called the um, escort frigate from Empire Strikes Back? And I think it's in the battle at the end of Return of the Jedi. There was quite a few firsts, wasn't there? You know, like first uh, toys of Death Star, Death Star Two that were yeah. you know completely spherical. It was quite exciting actually. Took it for granted at the time, but there, there was around thirty odd micro machines, standard ships that were released across those different free packs and they were released different a number of different times there was die cast versions as well bronze versions silver versions x-ray versions there were various sets that you could only buy directly through a loop as part of a mailings and, and things like that so they had a gold set that you could only get through them and also they had some other sets as well balance of power which was a tie fighter and x-wing um, fighting against each other that's quite rare now i've come across that since i wrote the blog and that's kind of one of the growl pieces by the uh, micro machine collectors that they go after so that's quite a, a hard one to find so there were many play sets as well to go with the to go with a micro machine so you'd all probably be familiar with the with the transforming heads so there was a number of different mainly helmeted characters so there was a Darth Vader a Boba Fett Emperor's Royal Guard Stormtrooper I think there was an R2-D2 a Jabba the Hutt and it just goes on they just released tons of these amazing. sets I have quite a few of them now they are amazing sets Star Wars get ready for the adventure of a lifetime with micro machines Star Wars transforming action sets just like in the movies with Luke Skywalker Darth Vader and all the micro machine Star Wars figures it's Darth Vader I will freeze your body in carbonite forever Han Solo not so fast you're next Luke Skywalker Star Wars action may the force be with you think big play small micro machines new Star Wars transforming action sets each sold separately you put them together new from micro machines my favorite still the Darth Vader though I love the uh the, the cloud city with the carbon freeze and the way you can twist the the carbon chamber and the hand solo pops up and goes down so as well as the heads they also did a couple of um, other kind of props from the from the movie as well so there was a there was a, a death star trench run built into darth vader's lightsaber so you could fold open the lightsaber and there was a a, a kind of a, a a plastic strut that you could connect an x-wing to and it would it would you could fly it along the uh, the death star trench and and fire a photon torpedo into the uh, into the uh, exhaust port so yeah quite 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 clever little sets and there was a macro binocular set as well that's right yeah so the sets all came like we've mentioned we mentioned about the figures so they were you know unarticulated minifigures and yeah you to further populate those environments you could buy multi-packs of figures as well so i was looking for a few of those so there was a bounty hunter set sets of stormtroopers um, rebel fleet troopers ewoks you could you could you know any any kind of group of character i think there was a, a bunch of biker scout ones i saw as well and yeah you could you i could used really to have a great big 20 pack of droids yeah which had some really obscure droids in it yeah it i've seen that set. still got that somewhere still got the knocking about so they they really did cover the full gambit so there was the uh, lars family speeder i thought that was a real random one <laughs> but i think they really went to town and released every single vehicle that they could from the original trilogy and when they got through all of that they started to mine the newer Star Wars contact that was coming around the ground at the time. So there was three Shadows of the Empire sets um, that included some minifigures and the ships themselves. So it had, had the uh, the uh, the various ships from featured in those in that novel and series. And they also produced something known as the Epic Collection. So that was a set of expanded universe novel related sets um, that came with kind of 
false book covers that you opened up and inside it was was the ships themselves so me and craig have been talking about those recently so there was there were six in total released three of them are are relatively easy to pick up and we've recently discovered that the 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 second series that was released so there was one for dark apprentice one for the courtship of princess leia and one for dark force rising which is the second part of the thrawn trilogy were only actually released in japan and not available outside of outside of there the only way you could get it if you did like live outside of japan was to order it directly from galoop at the time but there was no way at retail outside of japan to pick them up and they go for a pretty penny now so he's looking on ebay at a few of those and they're going for two or three hundred pounds each now so yeah they're, they're, they're a bit of a grail item i think for the for the micro machine collectors i've got some um italian ones of those dan for your collection when i find them brilliant three yeah, in total <laughs> obviously not the japanese ones i should think <laughs> no no but they haven't got yeah. you wouldn't to look at them you wouldn't think they were japanese so there's no kind of japanese text it must have just been must have been a big line in japan or there was a they decided not to release the second wave but the, the japanese wanted them I, yeah it's strange and, and then I move on and then talk about the action fleet. So these were you know, another popular line within within the Micro Machine Gambit. They were larger scale vehicles that came with articulated action figures that could sit in the cockpits and in the, the storage areas of the ships. So they kind of, when I say articulated, they bent at the hip so you could sit them down. And they also produced several play sets that were kind of action fleet scaled. So there was, there was I think, four of those released and Ralph McQuarrie did all of the artwork for those. So again, we was having some debate about those, thinking they would just reuse artwork for the packaging but he actually um after doing some digging he actually created those artworks especially for that packaging and around the time there were in-store exclusives where you could pick up prints of the actual artwork itself then in 1997 so micro machines is riding high riding high the special editions have come out and it's and it's all it's all looking really good for Galoop. And I found a, an article in Fortune. I think it must have been from Fortune magazine. It's really old, um, but it basically was talking about the value of the the Phantom Menace toy license and how much money that was gener- going to generate for toy companies. And they forecasted that Galoop were going to make uh, 120 million from their Star Wars license in 1999, and that Hasbro were going to generate 240 million. That, that's a lot of, I mean, when you think about micro machines versus Hasbro and creating three and three quarter inch figures, that's, you know, they're, they're only halfway around, halfway behind. It, I suppose it demonstrates the popularity of, of the line at the time and how big it was. And again, I, my personal view is I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 when these things were coming out. So I weren't playing with them. My brothers had really grown out of, toy, out of toys. I don't know if you guys had any younger siblings or around children at that time who were, who were playing with micro machines. But I, I, I just saw them in shelves in Woolworths and other toy shops and didn't really pay them too much attention. To me, it was just amazing when they first came out that there was Star Wars back on the pegs. That was quite exciting. I mean, I was picking up a lot of vintage at the time. I had a few sets, and like just like you, uh, mate, if, if it was sort of like a Christmas or a birthday or, or something like that, if I got a gift every now and then, you'd get uh, some Micro Machines. I was more focused on Power of the Force 2 back then. But, you know, recently I thought, you know, let, let's go back and investigate that because, you know, there's some, some fun stuff there, and mm. they're, they're going for crazy prices. You know, and they had stuff like, um, we had the action fleet. You had the only toy of a TIE Defender or an E-Wing fighter or, you know, the, the Vargo off the Shadows of the Empire. The, the, the small ships, you'd have like the Mon Calamari cruiser. It's the only time these things have ever come out. I just wanted uh, I just wanted some action fleet to stick in the cabinet and yeah, a lot of, they're going up in price, mate. 
I had, I had, um, I think I had the Atat and the Snow Speeder. Yeah, I had them on my shelf for years. Just, I do, they did look good. They did display well. Definitely displayed well, and they came with stands as well, didn't they? I've got to say, this is an excellent blog. What you've put together, it's another, it's a, another real tick. Really well researched. So much and so many images to back it up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's a, it's a well to go down, and I kind of could have kept going. <laughs> We're not at the end yet because the story, the plot thickens a little bit more. So, you know, after going through the, the gambit of losing their, their, their Star Wars contract and Hasbro getting it back, they, they took out the competition. So in 1998, they um, they bought out Galoob reportedly just to get hold of their episode one toy license. Um, and then all of the toys that they'd been developing for recent, for, for episode one got released under Hasbro. If you look at the packaging as well, and, and Craig's done a good job of highlighting it in the blog, if you look at the uh, the, the free pack there with, with Obi-Wan and, the, and the, the gold Star Wars episode one logo, it's the complete opposite to the, the, the three and three quarter inch line. So where you've got the, the Darth Maul on the red packaging, You've got Obi Wan on the blue packaging, and I think it's a really cool contrast that I, I hadn't noticed before. Had you guys picked up on that? Yeah, I love that because mm. you could see it in the aisles as well. You'd have like bright red aisles with uh, bright blue bookends back in you know Toys R Us back in the day when they used to have like full aisles dedicated to Star Wars. Yeah, I, I just never, I didn't ever notice that before. I remember what they looked like and could have probably yeah picked them out and gone, yeah, that's Episode One Micro Machines, but never really held them up against the the other Hasbro three and three quarter inch product. But yeah, it's, it's a good spot by him. Yeah, so for, for, for episode one, they released a, a full range of micro machines. So there was, you know, packs of ships, numerous play sets, pod racers, pod racing arenas. It just, yeah, was, you know, there was every ship you could imagine that was in that film was released, plus the transforming heads. There was a, um, a battle droid that opened out, and there was also, I imagine it was Stuart's favourite, it's the Jar Jar Binks. Now, some of those play sets from the episode one are actually really difficult to get hold of, aren't they? I can remember interviewing um, Tim Vakehoven, who's a big Micro Machines fan. Okay. Him saying there was a couple, finding them nicely boxed was an mm. absolute, absolute nightmare. They were the last ones he needed to complete his Micro Machines run. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's the um, the little, bl- the, the sort of, the mint on card pod racer sets that you could get. And you could basically build your own little pod racers. Almost infinite versions of those for the variations. They're going at 30, 40 quid now each on, on the card on eBay. And I remember seeing stacks of them in Poundland back in 2000, 2001. So, yeah, it's some value there, mate. But they, they, they brought out tons and tons for episode one. But on your blog, didn't you say it drops off then? Yeah, so I think they, they basically shelled micro machines completely. I mean, I, I don't know whether they were still releasing cars and, and, and all of the stuff they were releasing in the 80s by then or whether Star Wars was the main line. I know they had things like Indiana Jones, Aliens, James Bond. So there was various lines they were that Galoob were releasing. I think Hasbro, once they got their hands on the line, shelved it. We did see some new action fleet figures released for Attack of the Clones. There was a, 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 solar, a solar Sailor. I don't think we've ever seen that in, in toy form. Beyond that, um, there was a Republic gunship. There was an ATTE um, and a Boo Starfighter that were all released again in the same packaging as the Hasbro product in three and three quarter inch so with a blue background and gold racetracks and gold logo. So they kind of followed the same packaging styles there. And then in 2005, they released, again, a limited range for Revenge of Lift. There was a, a Tantive four that we turned into a Master for Battle scene. Lots of lava and volcanoes and things for uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin to jump around on. 
there was a General Grievous flagship that opened up into the interior of the ship and, and covered some of the scenes from the start of the movie, and also a Republic turbo tank that transformed into the Kashyyyk um, battle scene. Again, all of the product followed the uh, the, the kind of the, the the other Hasbro product being released at the time. But interestingly, none of the kind of micro machine sets that came out at that time had the micro machine logo on. So it's purely, uh, you know, you'd look at it and just think it was another Hasbro product. You wouldn't necessarily think it was micro machines. They'd completely done away with the uh, with the branding. I think since then, after that, it did go away for a long time, but I did try and bring it back for the uh, for the sequels. So we saw some Micro Machines branded product coming back out in 2015. There was a, a Millennium Falcon and a Star Destroyer playset. Plus, they re-released a lot of the old um, ships in gift sets. So there was a Toys R Us exclusive set that came with around 30 ships from all the various areas of Star Wars, from the prequels all the way through to the sequels. And then they carried on then on into Rogue One. So there was some vehicle free pack release from that with some figures in. And also there was a Death Star playset, which looks pretty cool, actually. So I don't know if that was a, a reuse of the older Death Star playset that came out back in the 90s. But it, yeah, it opened out and had a lot of the uh, the same features as that. You know, just looking at, I suppose, the micro machines world as it is now. And I, again, like I said at the start, I've only kind of, I suppose, scraped the service with some of this. But there's, there's definitely an active co- collecting community. Nowhere near same size as, as as vintage collecting but the groups are out there and there are people buying this stuff and it is interesting that some of the older sets now from the early 90s the guys on there do refer to them as vintage as opposed to the stuff that was released in 2015 oh, really uh, yeah and i was reading back through some of the, the the history on on some of their posts and there was a lot of excitement a few years ago when some of these sets were coming back out in 2015 they got really you know people were getting really excited by it and going out and picking all this stuff up come on it is vintage you know, <laughs> i was like i was what was i, I was like 13 years old when this stuff came out like 30 years ago it's gotta yeah. be vintage right now come on uh, yeah but is that the make power to force in vintage that's the argument yeah. isn't it yeah i mean I, I didn't i was still in school when that stuff came out it's such a long time ago i like the idea of calling this stuff classic star wars like 90s star wars is retrospective and classic because it's all based on the original three films and the original eu call it classic or something because it's a, you can't say something from 1993 is modern i agree it no, it was it was it was absolutely it was it was I read it a couple of times as well. It wasn't, wasn't just one person calling it vintage. There's a few of them calling it. So it is whether that's a term that will get picked up on your eBay save searches now when you're searching vintage Star Wars and Microsoft machines start popping up. We'll have to wait and see, but they're definitely describing it that way. And if you want to go on eBay and, and like, I think I think Stuart's already um, alluded to earlier in the podcast, there's tons of micro machines on there, so you can pick up loose loose, loose ships and loose sets for pennies almost. You know some of the you know, people are just putting this stuff up for pound auctions and no one's bidding on it so you could go in and and sweep a load of stuff up the the seal packs in ships for the for the most part from what i saw and i didn't go through and track every single one that's ever been released but there's certain ones that are plentiful so the original releases that they brought out the first three three packs that are known as nine backs so they've got the the original nine ships that were released they can be picked up for around i'd say between 10 and 12 pounds so i picked up as part of the research i did pick up a couple of sets of ships i've got the the original one that my mum bought me back in 99 i suppose it's 93 or 94 with the millennium falcon the x-wing and the star destroyer I picked that up for a tenner. Beautiful, mint condition, still fully sealed, really nice. Um, and the play sets you can pick up for between twenty-five and sixty pound. I'd say was is kind of where they where they sit between. I'm not sure which are the harder ones to get and the easier ones, but if you wanted to get a, a you know a sealed Darth Vader transforming head, you can easily get one of those for around thirty quid. 
but then I suppose in all areas collecting, there are those rare items. And we've already kind of referred to these um, these epic collection expanded universe novel books that that that, that, have, that were released with the with the toys inside. They are they go for several hundred pounds, like I've already mentioned. There's several um, action fleet play sets, such as the ones with the Ralph Macquarie art. They can go for over a hundred pound. And I spotted a X-wing, sorry, an X-ray ATST and and Snowspeeder two pack, so that went for 180 pounds. So yeah, some of those 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 strange variations that they did can go for, for quite a bit as well. So yeah, like I said, eBay's awash with micro machines. So if you did want to go in and, and start collecting or have a dabble, there's 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 lots of there's lots of there's lots to look at there. So I suppose I close out the blog then just talking a little bit of my memories and i think you know grant's had pretty much the same experience of me going into Woolworths back in the 90s and seeing star wars on the shelves for the first time it was uh it was definitely a moment and it was like yeah star wars is coming back so we had the dark horse comics we had the heir to the empire novels but seeing toys in shops again was a was a was a good a good sign that star wars was going to be um coming back into our lives and who knew that you know 30 years later we were still going to be talking about it and still getting new star wars but yeah, I didn't go through all of the detail there. But if you're interested, anyone's listening, the blog's up there, and go and have a go and have a further read. But I expect we'll be covering micro machines a bit more in future, Stu. Yeah, it's definitely on the radar for an episode from the diecast, so um, where we would definitely break it down a bit more. But yeah, go and check the blog out. It's over on www.generationskywalker.com, and it is well worth a read with some some beautiful pictures. For people like Jez, who doesn't like the words but does like the images. <laughs> Talking of images, I'm actually, you know, listening. Sounds, sounds really good, actually. I'm intrigued now on eBay. There, yeah, you're right. You use the term eBay is a wash. Mate, there is still sealed items, triple packs, ships now clearing in, in 18 hours. No no bids, £5. No. Pound. You know, there's uh, Millennium Falcon uh, from Force Awakens line. Incomplete, no figures, no bids, starting at £5. It's like, what's going on here? Boxed, by the way, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's just another line for people to go along if they're just getting utterly threaders with the the crazy prices in vintage. It is kind of nostalgic, to be honest, now. You know, looking back on all this stuff. A bigger house, I guess, mate. Well, listeners, I'm going to really enjoy next month's acquisitions with all this uh, nostalgia floating around. Yeah, great line, Dan. Great blog. Hold on to your seat. These Micro Machines are bigger. They're new Star Wars action fleet vehicles from Micro Machines, all action-sized. For more Luke Skywalker action. X-Wing, X-Mode. More Darth Vader action. It's an air attack. There to the max. Later, Lord Vader. The Star Wars action fleet with Rebel and Imperial forces all ready for battle. New action size for Star Wars adventures straight from the movies. New Micro Machines Star Wars action fleet vehicles with two action figures each sold separately. New from Galoo. On the Christmas gift show guide, we looked at some independent projects and shops who, particularly on, on places like Etsy and... I just wanted to we we don't we don't tend to cover things like that so i thought we'd just have a each month maybe just give a shout out to one of these companies so this month i've i've chosen it and 
I headed off to Etsy and I found a, an art site called Nerd Head Designs. Now, I don't know whether you boys have, have checked these out, but uh, these people, they, they draw these these heads that tend to be masks and stuff. Star Wars, I think there's Marvel. They do Power Rangers. I think there's ones from Game of Thrones on there. But it's a, a drawn picture of their head and they, they do prints of them. But it was the Ray one that really, really grabbed me when I first saw it. Now, boys, have you had a chance to look at these? Love them. I've had a flick through. How would you describe them, Jez? It's a head. Uh, it, so the focus is just, hence the, the name Nerdhead, it's just the focus being against a dark background. So it's the sort of head superimposed on the front with a suitably aesthetic title of the name underneath. And in the case I'm looking at the Boba Fett one now, it's got the uh, Boba Fett signet. The way in which they've done it, I think it's very much like when you're getting something framed, you choose an appropriate colour or shade for the mount. They've done exactly that with the background. So they really, really pop. They really, really stand out. And to do with subtle shading and shadowing, what they've cleverly done is they've given it a slight 3D effect, even though it's not going to have a 3D effect. The poster itself comes in A3 and A4 size. But it's the simplicity of things. And we've seen that in so many cases. You see it with some of the glasses, which we looked at when we spoke of the beer show. It's a simple design. There's nothing busy in the background. It's a plain background with, in this case, Fett's head. And you mentioned the Ray one, which I agree. I think the Ray one is just absolutely stunning. You're, you're right with the colours. I mean, Darth Vader, they've put this black helmet on a black background. And it still really works, doesn't it? It still really pops out. But the price point of these is incredible. So for an A4 print of these, it's a tenner. For an A3 print, it's £15. So you're talking a nice piece of art for next to no money that will just, you know, go in a room or really may help make a collection pop. I think if I may with the Ray one, and this is where, you know, we need someone like Mark or Craig to give us their artistic influences on this. But I like some photographs which I see online, you know, so, um, on social media where they're sort of black and white photos but there's one specific element of that photo where there's a colour thing to it. You see this often in weddings when, you know, chaps wearing a suit and he's got a coloured flower carnation on. I don't know what term they use for that, but it's like a, a sort of colour enhancement on a black and white. And I look at this, the, the Ray one, and the Ray, you're not seeing Ray's face here. You're seeing sort of a scavenger Ray with her sort of scarf or schmar over her face and her goggles right down. Um, so the, essentially you see no flesh. It's just all uh, material fabric covering her. And her, and her goggles but to the side of her head she's got a little torch which is really bringing in so much extra light so when I talk about that sort of black and white image and an element of colour there I'm just seeing a small element of colour in the lenses of her goggles but it's got light sort of reflecting off of those goggles it's so simple so striking but with the clever shadowing underneath again as i say it just looks 3d so you're not seeing a human face there but you're seeing something which is instantly recognizable as the key character from the uh, sequel trilogy it looks brilliant and that would look fantastic mounted Totally agree. What's the quality of the paper like? I'm always dubious on some of these things. You're going to pay <laughs> ten pound for an A3, A2, P, A4 piece of paper. Is that no? So it... right. So I have the Ray one in my hand at this very moment in time. So it's come delivered in a hardback envelope, and then it's in a, a plastic film on another piece of cardboard. And the paper is, I would say, is a, a very high quality photo paper. Okay. It's nice and thick, but.
but on display it would look amazing yeah once you've got a frame around that and a border i think you're um you've got yourself quite a nice piece of art for not a lot of money hearing that from you then it kind of yeah gives you the confidence then to be able to go out and buy one you know you need that you need that feedback then you sometimes to know that you're not just going to get a piece of paper yeah they the, the designs themselves are brilliant the 3d effect is that does that come out at all if you do you think if you hold it up on the wall does that come through at all it's always hard to tell with the yes but yeah you're, I've, I've now got it standing out on the desk it's the first time i've properly got it out out i've had it out but i've not had it out out down um, <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah i would say it is kind of yeah coming off the paper at you i think they're all really nice in fact i mean my boy's a big iron man fan that iron man one on there looks superb that would, that would look great on his bedroom wall one of the reasons i wanted to shout out companies like this i mean Nerdhead designs have been on etsy since 2017 and it, it tells you here how many sales they've had 48 sales so you know they're not making big bucks on this they're obviously enjoy the drawing process and just put them up there for other people to enjoy yeah if you are interested in them star wars they have got ray a stormtrooper vader kylo ren the resistance helmet boba fett and Finn's helmet with the blood fingerprints down but you're right Jess I mean Marvel Iron Man Captain America Harley Quinn Daredevil Wolverine's in there Star-Lord Deadpool they've got they've got a nice range they've had all those sales have reviewed reviewed it it's still it's got five star out of five stars so yeah people are clearly very happy with it when they receive their item but and when um, you talk about those number of sales you've you've, you've almost getting a fairly unique piece of artwork you know that's that's total that's not just for one piece and if you want saying you know that people are going to walk in and go oh, i've never seen that before it's not a bad shout for a tenner no. or 15 if you want a bigger one i think well, i might order that ray one i don't know where i'm going to put it yeah it, it is really good yeah well i've obviously got the ray one in hand now i have purchased this so we can give it away to one of our listeners so listeners please head over to our new community page on facebook search generation skywalker i think the page is called we are generation skywalker it's for everyone to contribute and get involved in so go over there and like the page and you will find on release day instructions on how to win this print but that that will stay open for a fortnight from the release of the show you have two weeks to enter there might be a little question or something for you to to get into the draw there is one there to give away seriously i i don't think you'd be disappointed i i think anyone who is a, a star wars fan will enjoy the item i need someone to show me my place in all this That is it for another month. Anything else you want to bring up about Mon Star Wars before we close out? How do you think alternative fuels will affect sort of racing <laughs> records and stuff like that? Obviously, they're not going to be as efficient, I guess, or as powerful as petrol. Races are going to be won and lost in the pits, I think, this season. So, uh, yeah. yeah, forget the fuel. Perhaps you could um, hook up all those broken potato pegs because you can fashion potatoes, can't you, into fuel? One for you to maybe have a look at, Jez, while you're looking at the packaging. <laughs> Using the flux capacitor, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. That's obviously that's what's in my one. head, Grant. Yeah, somewhere in the back there. <laughs> Mr. Fusion. Go and check us out on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Generation Skywalker. And like I just said, over on Facebook, we do have the community page now where people can get involved in the discussions 
Go and check out YouTube. All our enhanced shows are over there. Again, just search uh, Generation Skywalker over there. There's also unboxings. Dan's recently unboxed a the Boba Fett hot toy. And of course, Dan's Micro Machines blog is over on the website at www.generationskywalker.com. You will find all of the blogs over there and links to all our shows, all our enhanced shows, and links to all our social media. So just go there, really. You'll find it all. And of course, contact any of us. If anyone wants to be involved in a show, do an interview, we're all open just reach out to one of us um, or you can email us at generation skywalker at gmail.com but boys that is this episode of the modern way so it is good night from dan this is the way good night from grant yeah cheers lads and good night from jez thanks for having me cheers and it is good night from me and we are generation skywalker <laughs>